Well, hello. It is Thursday, April 23rd. The draft is tonight. Here we go. A lot of football news to be talking about. What team is going to change its trajectory tonight? Answer, none of them. (laughs) Who's going to do something exciting? Who's going to make some moves? Who's going to draft somebody that nobody expected to get drafted and they're going to get booed off the internet and then it's going to turn out being okay? Like the old Danny Dimes draft pick of the Giants last year. Justin Herbert joins us today, and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with him. Cool kid. Good convo. Where the hell is he going tonight? I asked. I asked, and I think, by the way, by the way he was talking, maybe you can find out. Let's get to it. Joining us now is a man who's about to hear his name called virtually tomorrow night. Nobody has a clue where he's going to end up, but I know he's going to be a wealthy man. Coming here because of head and shoulders, wait till you see his incredible flow, quarterback from Oregon, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Herbert. Attaboy! Look at that hair. Look at... Thanks for having me. Hey, Justin, that hair looks beautiful. Thank you. It it does take some work. It's kind of the past few years I've realized how much work it is and uh, fortunately Head & Shoulders has sent me enough products that, uh, that I've been able to, to take care of it so it, uh, it's been good hey that's a veteran sell right there as well you know <laughs> you, you might be about to be a rookie that's a veteran sell right there Justin uh, alright let's dive into it how are you feeling nervous anxious excited to get this whole thing over with what is it I'm fired up I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this whole thing I, this is something I've been waiting for for so long and uh, such a great opportunity, and, and I don't have a whole lot of control over what's going to happen, but uh, I'm going to make the most of, of wherever I go. Okay, so everybody said that if you were to come out last year, you would have been top five pick. You come back to Oregon, you win games, obviously. Now you come into it this year. COVID-19 has come out of nowhere. What has been the experience been like versus what you might have thought that it would have been like if you were to leave a year ago? Yeah, it's been tough. It's uh, It's been a weird situation, and we've done our best to stay safe, stay inside as much as we can. Um, but fortunately, I've been living with my two brothers and my family. So uh, my two brothers have, have caught past for me, and we've been lifting, running, doing everything we need to. Uh, so we've gotten all our work. It's just uh, not at the normal facilities. How have the meetings been going? Because Jerry Jones in the Cowboys released, he was sitting on his couch. Okay, He had a clipboard. I think he was taking notes. And on his television was Jalen Hurts, right? And he had a, he had a FaceTime or a Zoom conversation with that. Has it been virtual meetings for you daily? Have those slowed down? How is that whole process of getting to know people, trying to get to know you throughout this entire quarantine? Yeah, they've definitely slowed down. I would say the first couple of weeks, uh, early April, late March, uh, were definitely a lot of Zoom, FaceTime calls and things like that. But uh, the, the past couple of days, they've been pretty quiet. And uh, I didn't have them up on my, my TV like uh, Mr. Jones did, but uh, <laughs> I had them just on my laptop. How many times has Miami called you? Uh, only a couple of times. How have those conversations gone? Not just with Miami, but with... Every team in general. What do they want to know about you? I, I saw you, I think, uh, Combine, you're on with Florio. And I think his one of his questions, or Sim's question was, the thought that you're from Oregon and you've never lived outside of Oregon is a question for people. Is that something people... Oh, great hair flip. Great, great hair flip right there. I want to let you know. Head and shoulders, that thing looked delicious. But the what have the questions been for you? Have they just been trying to get to know you as a person, trying to figure out? Have you talked to anybody other than coaches and GMs? Have they brought any psychologists or anything? What have the conversations been like? Yeah, shoot, that's that's a really packed question, so I'll do my best to unravel that. Nailed it. Um, quarterback a lot of a lot of there's a lot of psychologists that you, that you talk to i think three or four teams that i've talked to and um a lot of them it's about 
uh, being people think I'm pretty introverted, pretty quiet, things like that. And um, I've kind of had to answer that. And I don't think I'm very quiet at all. And uh, if you ask a lot of the guys in the locker room, they'd tell you differently. And I talk too much sometimes. Um, but <laughs> it's a lot of just that and uh, GMs, coaches and things like that. So um, it really hasn't been too bad. It's it's been a fun experience and um, something I've I've really enjoyed. This is a two. This is this was a two headed race for the quarterbacks. Everybody's talking about Joe Burrow, Tua, Joe Burrow, Tua, Joe Burrow, Tua. And I would assume that you were sitting back listening, like, hey, I've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of teams. I've done great in my workouts. Everybody knows that I'm athletic. Everybody knows that I'm an academic All American. Was there any thought in your team or your camp, like, hey, we should be getting a little bit more of this conversation? Because here, as of late, the Herbert conversation has come on very strong towards draft time. Or were you guys just kind of like, ah, it doesn't matter who they're talking about right now. Let's wait till the draft. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of been one of those things you have to filter out information and a lot of everything's going to be said everyone's got an opinion on on what's going on and um, i think those two are really talented really special quarterbacks and it's been a lot of fun and i wish i had more time to watch them during the year just to see how special they truly are and um, i know how athletically gifted they are so um, it's been really fun to to be able to work out with them go to the combine with them and things like that um but it's it's been such a fun draft process i've i've really enjoyed these past couple of weeks and uh, just to be in the in the conversations it's it's really cool when i was watching you i forget maybe you're playing utah was that that was a primetime game, right? Yeah, twelve championship. Yeah, you're playing Utah, I think. Every time they zoomed in on your face, you just had the same face. It was like the same demeanor. It was like I think you're being perceived as this cool customer. Is that kind of how you are at all times? You got the great hair, the head and shoulders flow. You seem to be like this, like very cool, calming presence. Is that an accurate description of the Air Bear? I'd like to think that. Um, I would say that being a quarterback position, like you, you have to handle yourself that way and. The highs are never too high and the lows are never too low. So to kind of be somewhere in the middle and uh, be that guiding presence through adversity is, is something that I try to do. That was a great answer. How many times did you give that answer to NFL teams? <laughs> that was the first time. Really? Was there any stupid yeah. – was there any like – I don't want to say stupid questions because if you say it and the person that asked you the stupid question is like, well, we're not drafting him because he said our stu- question was stupid. But was there any questions from those psychologists from teams that you were like blindsided by? For instance, when I hired people here, I asked them what kitchen appliance they would be if they were a kitchen appliance. A lot of people said fork and knife. That is not an appliance. I immediately jot them off the books. <laughs> I, I'm looking for a microwave more yeah. so than anything. Did you get any questions that were kind of interesting that you thought like I did not expect? to get asked that yeah i was asked uh which coach i'd rather punch in the face head coach offensive coordinator quarterback coach um and that was really out of the blue (laughs) (laughs) who'd you say who'd you say i said the quarterback the quarterback coach and why was that i I had kind of a relationship with him so i knew he'd understand and uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh was that a was that a team representative was that a gm or was that like one of those psychologists it came from the head coach, and so we were. I was sitting there with all three of them, and they're and they're. They kind of pointed to each other, said, "Which one would you rather punch in the face?" And I kind of looked around. And I said, Do you, "I have to give you an answer." He said, "You have to give me an answer," and just pointed right at the quarterback coach. <laughs> punch him right in his suckle. If I had to. <laughs> have you been? You've been working out with your brothers. If uh, you've been staying in shape, I would assume that nobody has a clue. It's normally when you get drafted, you go to rookie minicamp the next week, and then you go straight into OTAs. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. What have you been thinking about looking ahead, whatever team you go, how it's going to go forward? I would say I want to get down the, the play 
playbook as quickly as I can. Uh, from the moment that uh, the draft happens, want to get the playbook, want to get everything dialed in and, and start working on that. And um, I, I, We don't really have an idea of, of when everyone's going to return to normalcy. So um, whatever happens, I'll, I'll do my best to, to pick up whatever I can. We're one day out from the draft. Biggest night of your life. Do you have a sense of what's going to happen? No idea. Really? So you're just like everybody on television right now. Everybody on TV <laughs> has no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen. You have a sense. You don't even have a sense of what's going to happen. Not, not really. I'm kind of my best to kind of stay out of all projections and everything that. And I don't have any control over the situation. So whatever happens, happens. I'll make the most of it. You need to get better Wi-Fi before tomorrow. <laughs> you need to get better Wi-Fi. What, what is the setup going to be? Are you going to be in the basement with the family? Probably just the living room. We've we've they sent a bunch of cameras, so uh, my brother set that up, and we'll just be just my family and I in, in the living room. So what is it? It's like they got like one of those like Kim Kardashian round light things <laughs> that you put on the. Uh, is it like, is one of those setups? What is the setup? That's that's only for the interviews. So that that'll be after, and uh, for the living room, it's just a big light bar and an iPhone, and it's just recording. So you got a free iPhone from uh, ESPN NFL already. No, nah, we, we have to return it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they were going to get your ass. You, you, hey, by the way, we have we have enclosed a stamped return for every iPhone that we send you here. That's absolutely beautiful. How will you spend tomorrow? You're fired up. You got to be a little bit anxious. You can't leave the house. Well, you do. Just try to sleep as much as you can but so you don't have to overthink what's going to happen. Your whole future, by the way, is being decided tomorrow night. I don't even know if you know that. You're, 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 you're moving to a brand new city starting tomorrow night. Your family's going to be fans of a brand new team starting tomorrow night. Your mission of being the face of a franchise starts tomorrow night. And I assume you can't wait for it to get over. How will you spend from now until then? Because waiting is the hardest part. It's a song. <laughs> See, that's good. That's really good. Um, I would say probably just hanging out with my family, uh, kind of just doing things around the house. And um, I think I'm, I'm going to go lift. We've we've got some good weights in the backyard, so uh, kind of find things to do throughout the day and just stay busy. You going to the Dolphins or not, dude? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't know. Right, just tell me, like, if 305, you know, you and Rick Ross down there, huh? down there on South Beach, we'll sling the rock in Fort Lauderdale a little bit. I wish I, I wish I knew. I wish I had an idea. I am sick of it, Justin. <laughs> I am sick of it. Head and Shoulders told me he's coming on. He has great hair. He uses Head and Shoulders products, and he will tell you exactly where he's going to get drafted tomorrow night. That's what I was told whenever I heard you're coming on show. They told you that? No, no. I was just trying to force you into it. <laughs> trying to force you into it. Hey, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. Did you have any questions for this guy? I was going to ask it. Are you still wearing like a suit tomorrow? Or oh, is it great question. We were actually told not to wear it, so um, oh. I'll just probably be in some casual wear. Um, I feel like it'd be weird to, to be in a suit and sitting on the couch, so uh, just something to wear normal and, and kind of just look good, I guess. I, I'm not too sure. Have you signed a Nike deal yet? I have not. Really? Out of Oregon? I would assume that Phil Knight would have locked you down immediately. He wants to see what happens tomorrow night, too, huh? That's wild. I, I, that is absolutely <laughs> wild. Interesting. I've, I mean, I've always been loyal to Nike, and, and uh, I will be. So um, I, I know one day we'll. Justin, we'll, we'll shut up! Out. Don't stop it. Listen, <laughs> don't say that. Justin will wear Adidas if Nike doesn't come to the table with a massive. Amount. Your agent didn't say that. You're from Oregon. You didn't say that. I am here saying that if Adidas comes with the bag, oh, yeah. Justin Airbear will head right to the Three Stripesville. Is that right? 
No, I can't comment on that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Justin, you need a little leverage here. They think they got you because you're the kid from the town where Nike was created. They think they got you. They're going to try to come in there and lowball. That, that is not the Justin Herbert deal that I am looking for with that good of hair, that good of a brain, and potential number five pick overall to the Miami Dolphins. I think we need a big-time Nike deal. What's, uh, what's your fee to, to represent people? Uh, it's like standard 45%. <laughs> 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 I'm not great. I'm not a good agent, but I'll get you a good deal. I'll get you a good deal. Do you play video games or anything like that? A little bit. What's your game? Call of Duty? Uh, I have played that a little bit, but I'm not very good. Yeah, me neither. At all. What's your game? Madden. Well, it's not really my game. I'm not very good at that either. <laughs> I'm not very good at any video game, so I think they're just kind of fun. What are hobbies for you? Uh, I like to golf. Oh, so you're classic quarterback here. Yeah, you're just quarterback through and through. How's your game? Pretty good? You got like a handicap or anything like that? Uh, not really. It's I can hit the ball long ways, but it's just not very straight. Do they have golf courses in Oregon? Yeah, they do. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. I've never been. I've heard it's awesome. I've heard great things. I've never been to Oregon. I've never in my entire life been there. What do you think? Do you think your athleticism is underrated? Um... I would say so. I, I think. Uh, I think so. By the way, the last the last two games of the year, uh, Utah and Wisconsin, are, are kind of games that we kind um, of had more read aspects, more zone read type stuff in in the game plan, and um, I thought that really helped our team. And uh, that's kind of one of the things that we looked at, thought we had an advantage with. Yeah, because stupid Orlovsky, okay, Dan Orlovsky, stupid, stupid Dan Orlovsky, okay, he's on ESPN. He's on Get Up every morning. He was in the NFL a long time. He said Tua is a thrower. Herbert is more of an athlete who's going to have to learn how to. And I'm like, well, why is that a bad thing? I don't think that's a bad thing to have a guy who's athletic on there. So anything Dan says, I hope you understand that that dumb guy has nothing to do with what anybody else thinks. I think he's pretty smart. I, I, I've gotten to know him a little bit. And, he's dumb. And uh, <laughs> he normally has, has good things to say. You can call him stupid if you want. I would actually enjoy that. I, I can't. I won't. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from head and shoulders camp, great hair. We don't know if he's going to be with Nike or Adidas or even Under Armour in yeah. the future. Mm -hmm. Let's keep those options on the table, Justin. This is now a business and not a game. Tomorrow night, about to get very wealthy with incredible hair from Oregon, Justin Herbert. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, guys. Hey, good luck, man. You want, Before you go here, just who did you do your most interviews with? <laughs> There are a few teams. I would say probably the Chargers, the the, the Dolphins are probably the, the two most teams that I interviewed with. Okay, thank you so much. I'm putting together a mock draft right now. You just made me sound a lot smarter. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin. <laughs> thank you, man. Good luck, dude. You're going to do great. Enjoy the hell out of this. See you guys. See ya. Sorry for interrupting this. <laughs> Fabulous conversation. I mean, we were really talking good. Mm -hmm. Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, I was proud of what we were talking. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. I was like, you know what? Those guys right there, the way they're talking, good. You know? <laughs> I Re hear you. Really good. Um, with the ever-increasing number of makes of cars, you know? Mm-hmm. You got Fiat. Sure. Kia. Yeah. Hyundai. Yep. Honda. Mm-hmm. Jeep. Yeah. GM. Yeah. Yuka. No, I miss it. Chevrolet. Chevy. Ford. Yeah. Cadillac. List goes on and on. Genesis. Uh, Eagle. Lincoln. Saturn. Ferrari. Tesla. Lamborghini. Audi. Uh, Volvo. Beamer. Oh. Mercedes. 
Did you already use that? No. But I was just in Germany, though. That's like, in, in my head, I couldn't. Maserati. Go to Italy. Ferrari. Lambo. Anyways, there is a never-ending number of car mix these days. And models. Now, let's go. Pacifica. <laughs> Civic. <laughs> Wrangler. Camry. Yukon. Escalade. Sport. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it is now impossible to stock all of the parts you could potentially need for a car in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Excuse me, is your car the Odyssey LX, PX, DX, OX, or EX? It's like, I don't know. I fucking bought it two years ago. They're like, well, what type of thing is this? It's kind of an intimidating thing because you feel like an idiot because you don't know every single thing about your car, which is what the people at the chain storefront need. And all they're going to do is type it into their little computer, and they're only going to be able to offer you whatever they have in the store. And that's why Rock Auto is a very RockAuto.com is a very different operation. They have everything your car could potentially need, and it's very easy to utilize. RockAuto.com is a family business business serving auto part customers online for over twenty years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds and hundreds. Of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your damn car. Oh, nice. Everything you could possibly need, rockauto.com has. Your traditional chain storefront just can't have everything that they have at rockauto.com. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same damn? parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck write mcafee in there hey how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you that's right mcafee in there hey how'd you find out about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car could ever need right now at rockauto.com with the news that broke just yesterday in the NFL with Gronkowski. And then Corey Graves, commentator for Friday Night SmackDown on the WWE, wants to come on the show. We had to go live. I am Pat McAfee sitting to my left with the blue shirt, blue eyes, incredible jawline, AJ Hawk. How's it going, AJ? Good, man. What Were you... Uh... So when did the news break, like, officially for Gronk yesterday? Everything, in the afternoon sometime, right? Everything cooked in, like, 15 minutes. There was always the rumors, right, that Gronk isn't officially done with football. He's thinking about maybe coming back. Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Everybody was assuming maybe this means Gronkowski. We said on our show that this probably means Gronk is going to come back. Other people had it. And then, bang, 15 minutes. It went from rumors are circling that the Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the middle of a potential trade sending Rob Gronkowski. And then, like, 10 minutes later, it was like, bang, Rob Gronkowski is back. He's been traded from the Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers alongside a seventh-round draft pick for a fourth-round pick in return. couple quick questions for you, AJ. I've covered this at nauseum already for the last 24 hours we haven't heard your take on it yet do you think adding Gronkowski to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers makes them an unstoppable offense before we've ever seen them take one snap they haven't done a virtual snap on that offense they don't know Bruce Arians offense I'm not sure they've met Mike Evans or Chris Godwin yet but does that offense become unstoppable with the addition of the greatest tight end to ever play whenever he was healthy and playing again I mean, on paper, absolutely, they look unstoppable. I don't know what you're going to be able to do defensively. You better hope that the Tampa Bay offensive line doesn't hold up and you can get to Tom, get a ton of pressure on him, 
force them into some poor decisions. But no, adding Gronk is gigantic for, for this Tampa Bay team. They already have Godwin and Evans on the outside. Now you have Gronk in the middle to, to kind of stretch the field and attack the middle of the field. And Gronk's not a burner, but I think just strictly off of his physical tools and what he has, he's just such a threat there in the middle. Who do you cover him with? Do you put a safety on him? Do you put a linebacker on him? Do you put like a slot corner? You, you double him most of the time, but it doesn't matter. A lot of times Gronk is, is big. He's long enough. He's physical enough where he can get yeah. open. So I think he's gigantic for the team. And, hey, oh, by the way, he's a great blocker too. Stud blocker, which doesn't get talked about enough because you see his spectacular catches and his his gronk spikes and his demeanor, but he's an animal on the line, takes a lot of pride in that. A lot of people are saying he's washed up because he retired. He's 30 years old. I would say that he's almost rested as opposed to washed up. It feels like he's probably rested and revitalized to get to a new place alongside Tom. Anybody in New England that's talking about that is spinning the narrative that Tom's old, Gronk's washed up, this means absolutely nothing. A fourth-round draft pick is good enough. I think that's insane. I think Gronkowski's maybe going to play his best football he's ever played. And with Mike Evans helping him out, I mean, that's like having Randy and Gronk on the same team. You can't have a safety on top of Mike Evans, which I assume they had to do a lot of because he's a deep ball threat. But now that Gronk's there, they have to have a safety covered in there. How do you cover everybody? This is like the Kansas City Chiefs, but instead of Travis Kelsey and the outright speed, they got just physical specimens in Mike Evans, Godwin, and Gronkowski. I mean, it feels as if, I don't know what defensive setup it could be, because if you bring the pressure, then that's a quick dump to Gronkowski, isn't it? So there's a, it's like a live by the sword, die by the sword. I don't know how the hell you're going to stop I, I have no idea either. It's kind of pick your poison. Who do you want to try to double? Okay, let's say this series we're going to go out there. We're going to try to double Evans. And then Gronk and Godwin tear you apart. And so every game you're probably going to be playing this little – you're going to be mixing and matching different personnel groups. Okay, what do we, let's try to stop them with big dudes. Let's, let's, let's double Gronk now. And then all of a sudden Evans is going off and Godwin. And then who knows who they're going to be handing the ball off to. They may draft a running back. So, yeah, there's just so many different ways – and that you have to try to stop these guys. It's like when I was in Green Bay and we played against Calvin Johnson in Detroit twice a year, we would roll our coverage. We'd have somebody over the top all the time because Calvin Johnson was that much of a monster. He was so good. Would still catch deep balls in double coverage at times. And when you're thinking about defending the Tampa Bay Bucks next year, you can't just focus on one person, obviously. But now you have two, three, four guys you got to cover. Have other, is O.J. Howard, where's he? is he going to be gone on draft night? Like, When's he going to be off the team? Or is they, are they going to keep him on and have three really good tight ends on this football team? Well, allegedly, the O.J. Howard-Washington Redskins deal was almost done, sending Trent Williams down to Tampa Bay, sending O.J. Howard and probably some other things to the Washington Redskins. That fell through. That could still be cooking. Nobody knows what's happening behind the scenes. But it feels like these super teams – Kansas City Chiefs are like a super team. I mean, that's yeah. they are, especially if they're looking to get another weapon in the draft. Like everybody's saying they're thinking about getting old Ruggsy or whatever, the fastest guy out there. Then you look at the 49ers. That team's loaded. That team, And now you look at the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are loaded. I mean, this is just a place that free agents, retired players, Percy Harvin's running up parking garages. I mean, this is a place that people are going to try to flock to, caca, to get down to the Buccaneers. That old conk call that Tom Brady did, and it was to Rob Gronkowski, mm -hmm. that is to every Everybody in the NFL that's a free agent and potentially retired, like, hey, we are building something awesome down here in Tampa. It's warm. There's no state tax. The Super Bowl's here. A lot of our home games and away games are in good spaces. The Saints have a dome. Atlanta has a dome. Carolina's warm. The NFC South is going to be tough. But, man, what a setup down there in Tampa Bay. 
Were you a bit surprised that the Patriots only got that fourth round pick for yeah. Gronk? I love that Bill Belichick. Gronk is- has the leverage though. He, when does you look he? at it, Gronk, I don't think he does. Yeah, he did because he, he could have put him in a weird spot if he would have unretired. That ten million dollar salary that he has is instantly on the cap for the New England Patriots. But no, Gronk waited around, I guess, and they worked out the trade. So the Patriots didn't really have a whole lot of leverage when Gronk said he wanted to come back. That's interesting to think about because they don't have a lot of salary cap over. So they're like one point two in the cap. Like they're one of the lowest teams in the league right now. But I think I like to think of Belichick just going, fuck it. Bruce Arians, by the way, getting a, a seventh rounder too from also hey, by the way, with Gronk. We also would like something else. And Bill's like, a seventh rounder? You want a seventh rounder? Yeah, I'll take that. You get a fourth rounder. Okay, sounds good. I think for a guy who's known to be a ruthless businessman, a savage businessman, Bill Belichick here just did not give a damn about this deal and just said, as long as we don't have to deal with it, get him the hell out of here. Have him and little Tommy Boy go have their little fun down in <laughs> Tampa Bay. The Gronkineers will be a lot of fun to watch. That's what people well, are calling it, by the way, the Gronkineers. Belichick could have done that if he really wanted to hold out and say, all right, hey, Hey, if you want to come back, Gronk, cool. You unretired, we'll take your your the ten mil cap hit. We'll cut some guys. We'll we'll move some money around and make enough space. Yes. And then Gronk could have stood there and said, "No, if, I said if I'm coming back, I want to play with Tom. I'm not. I don't want to play for the Patriots." So it could have gotten into a really weird situation. Good timing right before the draft too, because Belichick's got a lot of other stuff going on. You give Belichick like a couple days where he had nothing going on, and be like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have you come back, man. We'll cut some players too. You can come play for us." And Gronk's like, "Well, I'll go back to being the White Tiger, I guess." You know what I mean? Like I think that is. It is a very interesting way this thing played out. It happened all so quick. I assume conversations were happening kind of over the long haul here the last couple of weeks maybe. But, man, from, from the moment it was like, hey, things are actually happening to it actually happening was very, very, very quick. AJ, I have a question for you, hypothetical. Which offense would have, would have been harder to defend, them getting Gronk or them getting Antonio Brown? Great. And they, by the way, let's not completely rule out Antonio Brown. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce Arian says they're not going to get him. Uh, I would say getting, adding Gronk brings another. I think that's a little bit more difficult just because it's such a he's he's such a game changing guy, and so is Antonio Brown. But he's another receiver added to that already very deep receiving room. So I think when you put Gronk in there, he's it, an anomaly, old, isn't he? Isn't Gronk an anomaly? He's just yeah, an anomaly. He's six six two sixty five. He never looks like he's really running that fast because he almost looks like he's laboring. But it doesn't matter. He is fast. He's so long and physical. Like tacklers can't get into his body. Like his yards after the catch, not only is it huge for for field position and everything and making plays, but it's a, a gigantic like emotional lift to his team, to everybody in the stands. Like everyone, we you know when Gronk catches and throws three or four guys off, and he's just stumbling down the field, the whole place comes alive. So like it, it's so there's so many things that so many boxes I guess that that Gronk checks. We're not even talking about his him as a red zone threat and oh by the way he's one of the most clutch pass catching players to ever play in the nfl his last catch in the nfl was maybe yeah. the most clutch catch in super bowl now that one in the back where they call it the Dwight catch. Clark, yeah. yeah that's the guy but the one where he's down the seam and he makes an insane catch which leads to them winning another i mean it's just anybody that's saying he's washed up i think is very confused about what they're about to see from grunk will he get hurt Probably. I mean, he's six foot six. He's a big target. He'll probably miss some games, I'd assume. But when you need Gronk, Gronk will be there. He's an anomaly. And what you said was 100% right. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he is on the line, too. He is Stonewall Jackson, if he wants to be. I mean, he's just, I saw him carry. I saw him carry a guy in the stands. I saw him block a guy in the stands against us. Touchdown happened, and he's still running the guy into the stands. Tossed him out the club. Because he's Gronk. That's <laughs> what he is. I'm Gronk. Hey. You know why people also don't give him enough credit? Because Gronk is such a big, physical, like imposing guy. 
they say, well, oh, yeah, look how big he is. Of course, he should be able to push guys like that. No, he shouldn't. There's tons of big guys all over the world that can't push professional athletes and defensive ends on the goal line. They can't get any kind of push. So not only can Gronk do it, he cares enough to do that and help his team. That's the big thing is cares enough because Florio and a lot of people have been on this big kick. You can't expect tight ends to block people, right? In the modern football, that's like a narrative that gets painted. And then you see Kittle just demolish people. And you see Travis Kelsey even sometimes get in there. He'll throw his body in. But then you see Gronk. He's an extension of the offensive tackle. He, he is like another offensive tackle out there. And he just has the ability to move. I mean, it's – and Peyton Manning uh, – Clyde Christensen told us that down Chattanooga, Tennessee, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had like a two-day summit way back in the day. Just those two working out, talking about football. And Tom Brady told the story on the NFL 100 team when he was there that in that meeting – he got a play design that the Colts had for Dallas Clark. Basically, they pull a guard to the right or something like that. Everybody would think it's a run, and then Dallas Clark would slip out behind the line uh, linebackers and be a quick drop overhead. He was like, oh, we use this all the time. The New England Patriots put it in, and Rob Gronkowski scored like 400 touchdowns with the yeah. same play. Like the pulling guard, because as soon as you see a pulling guard, right, as a linebacker, you're coming down because you think it's a run, right? Yeah, you, that, I mean, that's what they're trying to do when they pull a guard and they pass. Yeah, they want you to go up there and try to blow them up. And that's the play. And I guess now Clyde Christensen, who is Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach through that entire era, is the quarterback coach now down at Tampa Bay. With Bruce Arians' years of knowledge, I mean, there's a lot of football. There's a very high football IQ down there in Tampa Bay. I think, now granted, no OTAs and not being around each other. They're going to have to learn a lot about each other very quickly when it comes to training camp and such like that. But, man, when you have that many big brains in a building, I think only good things can happen, and I'm, I'm pumped to kind of watch it happen. And when you have older guys like Tom Brady, and Gronk's not, what, he's 30 years old. You can't call him old. Yeah, I understand he's had back issues. Washed up is what somebody said. I mean, that's just asinine to say that he's washed up. Bingo. Not having the offseason, even though they are like Tom and, and Gronk are both coming from different teams. Gronk's coming from retirement. It's not a bad – like, for them not having the offseason program, they're going to be fine. It's just extra rest for Gronk's body where he can work out and do what works for him. And Tom, the same thing down in Tampa, throwing footballs off of trees and parks getting kicked out by the cops. Like, they can do that, and they don't have to be in there doing what the team is making them do sometimes where it wouldn't be a, at times, I guess, best for their body. Somebody tweeted uh, to me, is Isaiah Simmons the prototype to cover these athletic tight ends? Yeah, but how many Isaiah Simmons are there? <laughs> One. Isaiah not. Simmons is a freak. Can play free safety, slot corner, gunner on punt team, and linebacker. Oh, and he can play DN. Okay, so if that's like the people that are like, is Lamar Jackson the quarterback of the future? It's like, okay, if you can get – if there's another Lamar Jackson just showing up, go ahead and grab him if you can. <laughs> go, if you can grab him, go ahead and get it. It's just like – I feel like people think that – uh, prototype means this person's going to come around on a regular basis. I, I don't know if there's a lot of Isaiah Simmons out there. I don't know if there's a lot of Lamar Jacksons out there. And there certainly is not a lot of Gronks out there. I mean, I understand George Kittle is also a monster and an animal. Uh, I understand Travis Kelsey puts up a lot of yards for that offense. But Gronkowski immediately became a game changer for the New England Patriots as soon as he got there upon arrival. Boston Connors been having a rough morning, dude. Boston Connors been having a rough morning year. Uh, but, Pat, you uh, Roman Harper was on the show, I think, last week or two weeks ago he mentioned guys like greg olson kind of not going for those extra yards like the way gronk is yeah. you know famous for uh, is he going to change his game a little so he doesn't you know get injured like he has in the past that's a great question connor and good point there because we talked about how ty hilton had this incredible ability to get down reggie wayne had this ability to get down marvin harrison had this ability to get down i got to see it personally where whenever they first do it everybody's like oh he's soft doesn't care about the team doesn't want the extra yards and then when they're 
playing for 10, 11 straight, maybe years without getting injured. It's like, oh, that's actually being smart. Gronkowski does have that yak. And I think Gronkowski has that that trait inside of him where he's not going to slide or go down. That just doesn't feel like a Gronkowski thing. But maybe a year or out of the game, realizing how good his body does feel now, maybe he will be a little bit work smarter, not harder type guy. Bruce Arians talked about how he doesn't mind him being a smaller uh, uh, build because he doesn't look as big as he was whenever he was with New England. He got smaller. He is adding pounds right now because they might be able to flank him out, might make him faster. Do you think Gronkowski will have the ability to go down and maybe not take as many hits or is Gronk going to Gronk at all times? No. I mean, did you see draft day when all of the Gronks got on stage and started (laughs) had a mosh pit? Yeah, right next all. to Roger Goodell. No, I think Gronk, that's just who he is. And, and he. I think he lives for that, to to break four tackles, to run a guy over at the goal line, get up and spike the ball. Like, that's who he is. Now, he may, at times, I'm not. he's never going to slide, but I don't know. I hope for his sake he steps out of bounds a few times instead of lowering his shoulder on the sideline when that's just the ultimate, like, okay, I'm tougher than you. Let's just see who can – let's have a nice stalemate here on the <laughs> – why, why I am going out of bounds. Like, those are the unnecessary hits that hopefully Gronk can stay away from. Do, do they make eye contact with you? Do people make eye contact with you when that's about to happen? Running yeah. towards the sideline, could just go out, turn, lock eyes with those blue eyes of A.J. Hawk and be like, I'm going to fucking give it a go here. Let's see what happens. Bang! No reason for that. Just went out of bounds. Let's take an extra shot. Those are some of the worst ones, too. A lot of times, neither player will go down. The play, it doesn't look like a huge shot, but if you've been part of some of those, you, you know, you can feel like both guys are like, oh, man, that was like a – just a nasty stalemate that nobody in the stadium Cares understood, but the players on the field <laughs> could hear it, and they've been there, and they have felt it. Oh. And, and then you get done with it, and you're like, man, why do we – why? Why didn't you just go out and I kind of nudge you out of bounds? Why, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, that was my classic, by the way, on the sideline hit. That was a, I would always bait people to get to the sideline, think that they were faster than me, and kind of then tackle. A bait and tackle technique is literally what I called it. Let me bait them to the sideline, and then I'll kind of close the gap. There was a guy that was a returner for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was when Bruce Arians was uh, acting as our head coach. It was freezing cold. I forget his name. He was a stocky guy, and he was kickoff, I believe. He's running down the sideline, and he makes eye contact with me. And normally, you know, like guys will like either slow down, speed up, or they'll even kind of drift out of bounds. He made eye contact with me, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I know what's about to happen. I threw my entire body at him, right? I, like, left my feet, (laughs) threw my entire body at him, and he just, like, kind of shrugged me off. I did, like, a little bit of a spin down or whatever. I felt it through my entire spine. Like, my back, like, the my tailbone was hurting, and I, like, got up. And Vinatieri was like, how'd that go? I was like, fucking terrible. (laughs) The guy didn't go down, by the way. The guy just kind of got bumped out of bounds or whatever. And I hope that he felt the same way you're talking about, how he felt a little bit of a shot. But I know my entire body hurt. I was like, I don't know how these guys do it. we got to find out who that guy is and ask him if he even remembers that, if that was like a memorable thing for him. Somewhere 34 or something like that. It was a memorable moment for me, man. I'll never forget my entire body hurting on something. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, people don't know this. Uh, we have to call this person, so we got to hang up on AJ very quickly. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, whenever he decided to retire, his agent announced that he was going to retire for a lucrative Hollywood career or something like that, right? Is that right? That is correct, yeah. Lucrative Hollywood career. While he was in the uh, NFL, he went and did something for the WWE because Mojo Rawley is one of his best friends, okay? So he was a part of the Andre the Giant Memorial uh, Rumble, I believe that happened at WrestleMania, something along those lines. He came out, gave a shoulder tackle to, um, oh, what was his name at that time? What was his name? I can't remember who it was. It was uh, he's an Indian guy. 
Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Gives oh, a shoulder yeah. tackle to Jinder Mahal. Mojo Raleigh uh, pins him, wins. Gronk then proceeds to chop uh, Mojo Raleigh in the in the chest 10 times and then they walk off. As soon as Gronk retires, everybody goes, Gronk is going to go to the WWE. Gronk's going to go to the WWE. Never really happened until WrestleMania. Gronk was the host of WrestleMania and he walked out of that thing after taking a fall from a 20-foot-high platform, 15-foot-high platform as 24-7 champ. To talk about that, voice of Friday Night SmackDown, the handsome Pittsburgh native, Corey Graves. That was a more rousing ovation than I've received for anything I've done in the last six years, so I appreciate that greatly. Yeah, but people are supposed to hate you, right? I mean, That's That's true. That's true. And before we get out of the blocks, I want to apologize to Hawk for all the terrible things I said about you in 2011 when you were beating my Steelers in the Super Bowl. So, uh, no hard feelings, man. I get it. All right, cool. Now that's out of the way, we can all be friends and have a great time. Corey, they just showed that game just a couple days ago. We got a chance to watch A.J. Hawk at his absolute finest. Visor Ben Mm. was damn near unstoppable, but the (laughs) the Packers were were the trick. You're from Pittsburgh, diehard Steelers fans. We'll talk about that, the moves that you want to see them make in the draft. We'll also talk about potential Ben Roethlisberger coming back from Tommy on. But the subject of the day, Rob Gronkowski goes back to the NFL. Did you think Rob Gronkowski – in his first real debut at WWE, became a champion. Did you think he was potentially going to stay with the WWE forever, Corey? No. Okay. I, that never really crossed my mind. I, I figured we'd see a little more of him than just over the WrestleMania season. But uh, now in hindsight, I look back and I think maybe Gronk had planned on breaking this news at WrestleMania, which was supposed to be in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. What, a, what an ovation that would have been. Oh Everything is wrestling. Everything is theatrics oh. to me. So I feel like it was a real missed opportunity. But I, I don't think anyone was truly shocked. I agree. That said, he's still the 24-7 champion. So I'm advocating that Gronk is not stripped of the title. I think he should still have to defend the title on the NFL field. Could you imagine that? Like the yes. Gronk spike, he you know spikes the ball into the 15th row, and then somebody runs out with the 24-7 title and puts it on him. That could really redefine the the end zone celebration. McAfee, you're going to hurt yourself. No, I just did a super kick to Gronk after he scored a touchdown, and I pin his ass. I'm 24-7 champion. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, there it is. There it is. I mean, what's the what's the punting situation in Tampa Bay look like? Oh, I've already looked into it, Corey. Believe me, I hit some balls. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this. I, and we're not smoking the vitamins either. We're trying to figure out whether or not the old body still got it. I was punting last night, and my thigh hit my gut. So I got to lose some weight stat. Okay. That's something we got to do, but I'm trying to figure it out. Um, Corey, as a guy who graduated from a Western Pennsylvania high school and Rob Gronkowski also graduated from a Western Pennsylvania uh, high school, Woodland Hills. Um, was it kind of a bummer to see that he didn't want to play for the Patriots anymore? No, I, uh, I, I was never really a, a Patriots fan. Imagine that. Um, but I think I think Gronk is one of those guys. He kind of transcended football. Like you didn't have to be a Patriots fan to be a Gronk fan. And, and I think you know what he's done with his his own personal brand is awesome. And I think you you kind of can't help but like the guy, even if he plays for the wrong team. Um, so and I completely forget that he went to Woodland Hills because he's not from Pittsburgh. He like moved here to play football, right? He went to the Wolverine which I don't know if that still exists. He got expelled from his high school, I believe. <laughs> okay, good, good. So it was out of necessity. But he ended up playing in for Woodland Hills, which is a big, was a big powerhouse back when 
many moons ago when I was a football fan because I've never played a down of organized football in my life. Corey, how was Gronk uh, received with everybody at the WWE as far as like the performers, like front office people? Did people welcome him right away? Yeah, I think anytime you get a chance to have somebody of that caliber and with his status as an athlete and a celebrity, uh, I think everybody welcomed him with open arms and was excited for the possibilities of what he could bring to our product. I mean, the, the hardest thing to teach in, in pro wrestling or sports entertainment is the entertainment. You get a lot of guys that are stupid, talented athletes that, you know, you put a microphone in front of them and they can't string together a, a sentence. And Gronk got that part done. He, he had the entertainment part, you know, in, in the football days. So that, that's why he stood out to the, the level he did. Um, I definitely think the potential for Gronk to succeed in WWE is, is a very high possibility. So who knows? Maybe he, you know, wins a, a seventh ring with, uh, with Brady. And it, it was seven, right? It'd be seven for Gronk. I think for, only has three. Yeah, no, I mean, for Brady. He's, yeah, he, he helps he Brady win this has, new ring, and then uh, yeah, only three. heads back to the land of of WWE. He only has three Super Bowls. Think about that, AJ. Those motherfuckers in New England, <laughs> dude. It's insane. He only has three Super Bowls. Goskowski was on the other day. He was like, "I played in six Super Bowls. I won three of them." Yep. I was like, "Gee, I mean, that is a different world up there." Speaking of a different world, WWE. Let's transition to something that you are very, very good at, which is talking about the wrestling. Um, just a couple of days after Florida uh, designated WWE as an essential business, obviously furloughs, layoffs happen, everything like that. But now it's been announced that WWE is not doing live events anymore. After this week, I believe it's the last week of live events. How is that all unfolding? And what have you just been doing? Kind of playing it by ear and I'll show up whenever you need Yeah, your, your guess is as good as mine, man. The, the schedule has changed, you know, five or six different times. Uh, we weren't, we were going to pre-tape everything. And then, then the, the, obviously the essential business thing happened. Um, so we were going to do live every week, which now just to cut down on the strain and the travel for everybody, we're kind of meeting somewhere in the middle for now. Everything's subject to change. We're always kind of on our toes. Um, I, I know for me personally, it's nice to have something to do. Uh, you guys, I, I'm sure, can appreciate you know just the situation with everybody. Everybody's bored out of their minds and just trying to keep themselves occupied. So, yeah, is it kind of pain, kind of a pain to, to jump on a plane every week? Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I've got a, a, you know a day and a half, two days of work every week to keep myself sane and occupied. Were you masked up for those flights? Full mask? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I actually, uh, I, well, we, my girlfriend Carmela and I, obtained some oh. uh, some really swank leopard print oh, masks. Nice. So we're really really taking the uh, the fashion game to the next level. Um, I'm sure it just makes everybody look at me like I'm an even bigger tool than I already am. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know, whatever works. What's it like flying right now? Like, When was the last time you, you were on a plane? Okay, well, I I have never been a fan of Southwest Airlines uh, because when you fly as much as we do, you get particular and you kind of like certain things and perks. Uh, I've been on numerous Southwest flights in the last several weeks, all of which have been occupied by less than 10 people, oh. which is kind of cool. So no matter like what your boarding zone is, you still get to kind of have your own section of the plane, which is always nice. Uh, however, I will say... There was a gate agent last week in Pittsburgh Airport that despite there being 12 people on the flight, uh, they made that announcement beforehand, still insisted on sorting and organizing everybody by their number. Oh, at the come gates. on. Come and on. I was like, there's 12 people on this flight. Man. We could we could all kind of sit in the cockpit if we want. I mean, there's not that much much happening here. 
but she was very stringent. It, it was by the books, A1 through 36 uh, in succession. Yeah. Can't are, bend the rules. Are you sitting in the seat that doesn't have the seat in front of it? Is that because that's the prime time spot on Southwest, right? It's the emergency yeah. exit yeah. one that doesn't. Right, you want the, the emergency exits have been readily available, but the, the first like three rows and I think the last three rows are blocked off. You can't sit in the first, in the very front of the very back of the plane. It's all I'm guess it's got something to do with aviation and weight limits and things that are above my pay grade. Uh, but it's not so bad when you have your own row. You said you have a girlfriend. Congratulations. I do. It's a, it's a thing that I've been uh, working on maintaining. We, uh, you may recognize her. More people recognize her than me because she's way more important to WWE than I am. Uh, but Carmella and I have been making the most of this downtime. Uh, we decided to start a morning show on Instagram Live, oh! which isn't really, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not even a real thing technically. But um, we were drinking some wine the other night and decided it would be a great thing to do in the morning. And in the morning, we were both coherent enough to uh give it a shot and we've done two days in a row it's two days so uh we're out of, we're out of the gates in a strong way hey that's that's called a streak <laughs> yeah that's right I, I believe it's three to be classified as a streak per per major league per Corey, new brown yes sir i wanted to, to pivot back to the steelers i so the draft's coming up tomorrow night. Pat and I have a big show where we're getting ready for. We both I'm are done. putting mock drafts together. What would you like to see Already the Steelers had. do? And, and I guess where do you think like the state of their franchise is right now? Man, it's hard to tell. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, I, as I admitted out of the gates, I am far from a football expert. I am but a fan. I know my, my role in the world. I, I cheer and I boo when I'm supposed to. And I, I try not to do a whole lot of the Monday morning quarterbacking thing. Uh, the most intriguing thing, there's, there's a, quite a few needs that the Steelers have. They don't have a first-round pick. I don't think they have e even a very good second-round pick. They've yeah. got quite a, quite a weight in front of them. Yeah. Um, the, the most appealing thing, and it's all speculation and rumors, what I've been reading about Cornette, because hypothetically they could put together a package and, uh, and, and get rid of something that they don't necessarily need and get Leonard Cornette and address the running back need um, without, you know. Corey. Who, who, yeah. who do they necessarily not need that they'd be ship out of town? Let's hear it, fan. Uh, well, I, I, the most recent thing I was reading, because I was trying to do some preparation so I didn't sound like a complete idiot. That a boy. Uh, the, the, first, the first pitch I heard was for him to, to split the duties with James Conner. Mm. And I also saw another scenario where they would ship James Conner to Jacksonville. James Conner beat cancer. I agree. I'm not saying this. Uh, this is not a slight on Connor at all. I, I think he's awesome when he's healthy. He just hasn't been healthy. They need some consistency. And uh, Ben's back this year. And let's be honest. The Steelers did a lot better last season than they had any right to. The entire team was just destroyed by injuries. And, and you got old Duck Hodges, who last time I was on your show was basically a surefire Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> still might still, still, still is. Still is. Still is. Oh, how times change. Uh, the greatest quarterback in American football history, James or, uh, Duck Hodges. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of would like to see them take what they've got because I, I think they could uh, they have that second-round pick, which I think they could send uh, maybe maybe with Connor and, and get Fournette and have a little consistency. I know Fournette was hurt two years ago, but last year was a badass. Corey, last week was a bad week for the WWE, not only the layoffs and stuff like that, but rest in peace to legend Howard Finkel. You are in the commentator microphone personality world, commentator world. What did you know about Howard Finkel, and what were your immediate thoughts after hearing about his passing? Man, you will never hear anyone say a bad word about the Fink. 
um, within the walls, man. The guy, the guy was a joy to be around. I didn't know him extremely well, but I had a chance to do uh, what stood out to me was a couple years ago. I believe we were in Dallas. I got to commentate a Special Olympics football game with Fink. Um, so we kind of did a broadcast from the sidelines with the Special Olympics, and it was a blast. And, and Fink was just – he was a wealth of knowledge. Anybody that met him, you felt like you knew him your entire life. Like the guy had his, his finger on the pulse. Um, I know when I came up from NXT, there was like kind of a disconnect where you're like, oh, wait, a lot of the main roster guys, the Raw and SmackDown guys, don't necessarily know us or, or what we're about. And Fink just – he know every aspect of the business, and uh, the guy, he was just a joy to be around, man. He could talk for days. He had stories about everybody, and the thing is, Fink kind of transcended WWE. Anybody, the whole and new, which I think even, you know, Buffer, or, you know, uh, Bruce Buffer does. And I think I, I think we got to give credit to the Fink for making that so essential, man. That's like Americana when a new champion, and new, that, that lives on. And uh, beyond the walls of WWE, so that was that was definitely a, a sad moment for everybody because Fink was an awesome dude. Corey, what do you make of uh, Ronda Rousey and her her recent comments? Pat likes to I, get the mic in a headlock, but yeah, like, <laughs> she, Pat Pat says it's a work. What do you think? I have nothing but love and respect for Ronda. Um, she's she's become a friend of mine. I think it's awesome what she's doing. I think there's definitely a tinge of truth. Uh, behind the words, but the best things in in our business is when you could take something reality based and somehow translate it's it work. to our television screens. Uh, I don't have a time frame or any knowledge of it's these work. things, but um, one of the most uh, true statements in sports entertainment is "never say never." And I love that Ronda's got the world talking, man. And, and, and the best is when you get the people in WWE fired up. When you get the girls and, and half of the, the male locker room pissed off. Ronda's what she's doing is is masterful right now. Um, so I appreciate it, man. And I think Ronda back back in WWE at any point is a good thing for all involved. Travis Brown, why doesn't I feel like he is the prototype for a WWE superstar? And when that guy bum rushed Bret Hart at the oh. Hall of Fame in his suit and cowboy oh. boots. Travis Brown went in there and beat the living fuck out of the guy. <laughs> Travis Brown is one of my favorite human beings walking the earth. Uh, and what makes it all the more impressive when you saw the speed of him come to the aid of Brett was when you realize how big Travis is. Bro. Like, he's an enormous dude. Enormous dude. How is he yeah. not? Why is he not in WWE? Does he not want I to? I don't know. I think he's just having a great time just living his life. Like, they've got this pretty cool. I, I got to go to their ranch out in California about two months ago. And, uh, yeah, he's like, they're all set up, man. They, they're like farmers now. They basically just decided to buy cattle and raise them and. Oh. It's very self-sufficient. It's a real, real uh, interesting scenario out there. Weird move. Corey, is there ever going to be another uh, another wrestler like Brock Lesnar that is so polarizing that can do like he see, seems like he pretty much is on his own schedule? Best Just of all time. To add to your point, man. I guess it's probably been about ten years now. Brock Lesnar just up and decided that he didn't want to be WWE champion anymore, and he wanted to go join the NFL, and he almost made the Vikings. He hasn't played a down of football since, like, high school. The guy is a freak of nature. Um, honestly, physically speaking, I would say no. I mean, Lesnar is a, a once-in-a-generation a kind of athlete. To be able to just do all these different things, you have guys that excel at one thing. Brock, I mean, the guy woke up in the morning and was like, you know what, I'm going to go play with some of the best athletes in the world in the NFL. And, and if he probably had stuck with it, he probably could have done something. 
Well, and then um, him, and then him also saying, "You, know, I'm gonna go over UFC." I mean, yeah. I, oh, by the way, I'm tired of doing this in WWE. I'm oh gonna go fight God. people oh and destroy them for real. Um, yeah, man, I, Brock is is amazing to me. Just just an amazing human specimen. What's on? So your- I, I don't know if we ever see anyone of that of that ilk again. Hey, what's up, bro? Let's show off our tattoos on our knuckles. Go ahead, AJ. You show oh, wow. off yours. Oh, we're doing this. Do you have, yeah, stay down. Stay, stay down, Don. How'd you not I'm make that Don? I'm gonna get. I think I should get it edited to D A H N to really show my my Pittsburgh pride. How did that? How does the Adam's apple feel? Is that the most painful spot? No, surprisingly enough, uh, this this side of my neck was way worse. I don't know why. This side wasn't terrible to my recollection. Uh, this sucked. Uh, I, I spent about three hours at a time on a tattoo table upside down. Uh, the girl that did my did actually did the tattoo, her name's Veronica, she tattooed the whole thing upside down. So she was kind of leaning over my face, and I, I try to, like, you know, I try to leave my body for a while. It, it still Worth sucked it? very bad. Worth it? Whenever it was done, it was like, yeah, nailed it. Worth it? Oh, yeah, I, I have no regrets for it. Um, I, I was kind of kind of beyond the point of no return some years before I got the hands done when I worked at the tattoo shop and they call them the job stoppers because uh, <laughs> unless you're going to succeed in some sort of entertainment career, there's really no use doing that. You have a great, uh, you have a great lineup of tattoos. I mean, is there any, yeah, I'm, is there I'm any, that, is there any that you got done? You're like, going to have to cover that one up or act like we didn't. Yeah, there, there's a few, there's a few. I've got a, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, impulse tattoo guy. Uh, I, a lot of it was done when I worked in the tattoo shop as a piercer. So, it would be like wintertime and we were slow and one of my buddies would go, Hey, I just drew this cool piece of art. And I'd go, yeah, great. I got room. Um, so you maybe were, not the wisest decision, but I'm, I don't regret anything, you know, at all. You were a you piercer. Know, you were you a, don't have any like ex-girlfriends tattooed on your body. Smart question. No, no. I learned about the six month curse, uh, where if you tattoo somebody else's name on you, chances are within six months, you will not be on great terms with that person anymore. Can we talk about the piercing? You're a professional piercer. I got I got my ears pierced uh, at a little thing in the middle of the mall, and then I went to. Yeah, no, I, I didn't do it in the mall. I did it with needles and far more suggestive body parts than uh, ears. Whoa. Oh, you were piercing penises. <laughs> I, I if if it's on a human anatomy, I've probably pierced it. Joe did you Exotic. do Joe Exotic's Prince Albert? I did not. I did not. Uh, but he strikes me as the type that I would have encountered in my days. He had two of them. He had a double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there were some pretty adventurous clients, and uh, you know, I, I, I think I kind of tried to take a medical approach to it oh, and yeah. not think like, "Hey, this is really strange." But uh, there were some interesting experiences. Hi, hi I'd like, twice. hi, I'd like to get a Prince Albert, and you just show him your knuckles. Stay down. Go right through it. Exactly how it worked out. Um, Wait, what's the conversation like if you're doing one of those? Yeah, do you talk? It's, yeah, it's really strange. It's um, it, it used to be a lot of like minimal direct eye contact because I, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, hey, let's talk about the weather or what sporting event is occurring today while I stick this pretty cold piece out. Of steel through your flesh. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, you know what? It was a lot easier when it was, uh, you know, not shriveled up inside you. If you could bring that thing back out. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a real challenge, though. You got you to gotta work with that. You have to consider that with measurements. and it, There's yeah, there's a lot that goes on. Need to put the convertible down, pal. <laughs> 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 Popped. Hey, um, uh, so you are a, uh, a smartass, probably the best on television at the moment. 
Is that oh, something? I appreciate that. Is that your goal every week? Like, hey, I'm going to be the best smartass to ever speak into a microphone. No, I think um, more often than not, that's just kind of how I am. That's my, <laughs> my sense of humor. Okay, as you have gotten to know and experience in non-WWE circles. Yeah. Um, so it's, honestly, I think my biggest problem is, is trying to be serious when things need to be serious because I just make fun of everything. That's just kind of what I do. Um, so there's there's a lot of moments where they're like, no, this is this is serious business. This is an emotional moment, and I've got eleven jokes that just pop into my head, and I'm just going, shut up, shut up, don't say it. Um, so I, I think one of these days I'll, I'll just you know be able to go off the rails uncensored, and uh, that'll definitely be after I'm fired. You know, they had me replace you whenever you were stuck in the middle of the Middle East. Yeah, which uh, what a what a risky decision that was. Oh yeah, you have no idea. I went out there. By the way, I had a suit. And when I showed up in the sleeveless hoodie and the jorts, I was waiting for them to tell me, like, you can't wear that. Nobody said anything because their backs were against the wall so bad. I just went out there. I think I'm the first jorts and sleeveless hoodie person to ever commentate a WWE event. And I feel like that is something that should maybe go on my Twitter bio stat. I, I think you should definitely uh, definitely run with that. I don't know about the sleeveless part, but definitely the, the that combo, that ensemble was unique. Vince McMahon popping into your head every once in a while is pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I, I prefer to use the word terrifying, but it's uh, it's definitely an experience. It, it, talk about something like we always joke about the voice of God, but very, very few times in life can there be chaos happening and just you crystal clear without question know exactly where it's coming from. And when it just cuts through everything, it's like the world stops, the record scratches. It's like, oh, we could be in the middle of this intense thing, and that voice just comes into your head, and it's like it just rewires your brain. The NXT, yeah, an NXT wrestler was wrestling. I'm sorry, AJ. And uh, and all I hear in my head is, where can we watch these guys? That's that's <laughs> what I, heard. I was like. NXT Wednesday night, USA Network, eight o'clock. Wow, right. oh, that was the first time he popped in there, by the way, because I heard all yeah. these horror stories from people. They're like, just wait until Vince starts getting in your ear or whatever. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I go out there and I'm sitting down and I'm talking and I am wide open. By the, I am absolutely wide. I'm just saying, whatever. This is my only time I'm ever going to get to do this. I'm going to have a good time. I think I made fun of some people in the crowd at one point. I mean, I was just going, going, going. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, uh, look at, I, I think it was Rhea Ripley was in there doing something. I'm like, Rhea Ripley, uh, a specimen of an athlete or whatever. And then I stop my sentence, and then I hear quick interruption where can we watch her i was like usa network eight o'clock nxt <laughs> i was like oh my god oh my god i like almost had a panical moment i was like so smart there i had stephanie in there at one point triple h was in there at one point i mean that was a wild time i don't know how you juggle all those voices in your head i have no idea there's a lot happening all the time yeah, all I, the time pat got it got it to, to you first i was gonna ask what does it sound like and what does vince say are there different shows where he's speaking more than others where he's trying to chime in to let you guys know stuff yeah, it depends. Most of the time, like, I've got a pretty good rapport with him, uh, having worked with for him for a couple of years now. Um, so he he trusts me to, to an extent and gives me a little bit of leeway. Uh, but on the other hand, he doesn't have to say a lot to me. He can kind of guide me in a direction or tell me about this, and he knows I'll get there. Um, but it, it's the closest thing to being a kid and having a great time with your friends, like out in the street playing ball or whatever. And then your mom yells that it's dinner time, and you're like, "Okay, game over. I gotta go. Everything that's happening stops." Um, it, that's kind of still the mentality you keep whenever you hear from him, because you don't hear from him. I don't personally hear from him a ton, 
Um, but it, it's more of a, it's, it's a trust thing. He knows I've kind of gotten to understand how he thinks or where he sees things. Uh, but in the event that I'm going left and he wants me to go right, uh, he makes sure in no uncertain terms that I, I take the proper turn. Here, I think I got him to laugh too one time, which was a pretty cool little sound in my head. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, it's, it's really fun. It's because every once in a while he'll chime in. I'll, I'll crack a joke or say something going, Oh God, I hope no one was paying attention. And, He'll just hear his his gruff chuckle, <laughs> and, and that's it. And it's just kind of like a reassurance, like okay, it landed. We're all good. And from that point on, I'm golden. Do you ever find yourself like playing to Vince and not the crowd and the TV? Oh yeah, there are plenty of times. You'd be amazed at how much stuff goes out over the air, specifically from me. That is just an inside joke. Um, I, I've I've shouted out McAfee using for the brand after a big kick or just for no other reason than I think Pat's gonna laugh. And by the and way, it doesn't I do. make sense to anybody, but it works. Yeah, and I do. Um, but and yeah, I do. Or, or sometimes Vince will say something in a meeting, or he'll make a joke. Or Cole, Michael Cole, obviously is a lot closer with Vince than I am because they've been working together a lot longer. Uh, so Cole's better at it, where he'll he'll throw in like a real snide comment, and the best is when the boss hears it and understands it and then decides to fire back in our headsets, um, which is not suitable for public consumption, but it's highly entertaining. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely an experience. Every time I hear it for the brand out there, I'll, I send a text. I get it like 40 tweets. I get 40 I, tweets. First of all, they're like, Corey, Corey, Corey. And I send old. I appreciate you, pal. I do. I appreciate <laughs> you putting on for the brand. And I appreciate you stopping by today, man. Great conversation. Well, I appreciate you. I, I saw the top of the show where you said you ordinarily take Wednesdays off. And I was like, wow, all on my behalf. Well, not just for uh, you. Let's uh, like <laughs> Gronkowski. The Gronkowski thing happened. Oh, but, oh well, man, I feel much less important. No, no, no. You, by the way, great, great hipster outfit today with the the thing. Yeah, I'm really proud of this T-shirt, man. I feel like this really needs to be celebrated. Oh, no. oh my god, that guy had a rocket of an arm. Yeah, my god, best relief pitcher in American baseball history. In between the years, though, you just never knew what was going on with that guy. Mm -hmm. Never you know, knew. It's always an image thing. I I still to this day watch Major League like at least once a month. It's, it's like I'm a child. You like baseball, huh? Baseball's your thing? The Pirates. Baseball's Dang. my thing. I'm really, really bummed out that I moved to this great place in downtown Pittsburgh that is literally across the bridge from PNC Park. And for my birthday, my beloved girlfriend bought me a brand new uh, Pirates Away jersey. Oh. Like the new one that Nike came out with, the throwback. Come on. Authentic. I was super stoked on it. I was like, wow, I can literally walk to any game that I want all season long. And alas, we have none of that. Well, so, and nobody's at those games. Time. You can probably get good tickets it's anytime free. you want. You just show up and probably yeah. they'll, they'll think, come on Oh, in. yeah, yeah. I would have been the only one there. But like I would have had my one. new jersey on and I, I would have just, you know. <laughs> I might be the pirate parrot by the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that iceberg is uh, the Penguins guy, right? Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But did you do you know the story? There was apparently in I think the seventies or eighties that the guy who played the pirate parrot was in charge of like a giant drug ring. No, is that real? Yeah, yeah, well, it's it's real history. Look it up, man. It's it's some some fun Pittsburgh sport. I read a book about it. Great way to that, deal drugs, by the way. He's like, hey, oh, meet me in the outfield. Hey. Yeah, yeah. It was it's a whole thing. It's like some a baseball lore. I didn't know that. I knew the guy that was on yeah. LSD did the perfect game. He's a pirate, wasn't he? Yeah, and I was all signed get up from to the, the Washington Wild Things uh, <laughs> charity softball game this summer, and I don't know what's going on with that. Did the did the did the did the parrot give the guy LSD? 
his no, no, I, Doc Ellis. Yeah, well, the guy who played the parrot was apparently Tony tied Cock. into some real big drug ring. It's it's common knowledge. There's books about it, man. Search it. Search like pirate parrot. Uh, I want to say it was. It may have been LSD. Might have been the greenies. It was, it was definitely like some, some drugs involved. Cocaine. He's selling cocaine. What was his name? Yeah, it's a. It's oh, his name was very, Kevin uh, Cock. His name was Kevin Cock. Cook，Cook，Sorry，that's，something。See，yeah，that's right。It's—I didn't make this up，man。I，I。See，if I'll fill was supposed to play in that All-Star game with Corey。Was he really？Yeah。The Washington Wild thing's one？What？RCFO was
So it's a great excuse to drink wine. Ladies and gentlemen, Friday Night SmackDown commentator, Corey Graves. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you hanging out, man. Stay down. Nice to meet you, Hawk. You too. Stay down. Stay down. All right, guys. We have to hang up on AJ. Uh, We'll get him back in here, obviously. Um, I'm right here. I see him, but... uh... So you didn't hang up on him? I don't see him. He's still there. I, I'm, yeah, I, I see him. I don't see him. Should I hang up? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, we're technology. Gonna, we're going to have to hang up, AJ. So Dump him. See him. Dump him. The wine looks really cool, by the way. Capocagna. Yeah, I have it right here. Capocagna. I know somebody that tried to get in the wine business. Not an oh, easy yeah? business to get into. Thanks for that. Difficult, you said. This hey, is a slideshow. The wine looks really good. It's just wine in a glass. That's a good bottle, I think. Right in that half the battle for the whole uh, yeah. wine. Yeah. Is the bo- <laughs> what the fuck do you know about wine? <laughs> I know a ton about wine. I love grapes. You eat the grapes. I love grapes. Yeah, you're doing a stepping on them out there. There was uh, Come on. there was some news while you guys were talking. What do we got? Uh, apparently, the Dolphins are interested in trade for Joe Tooney. Oh yeah, trying to get him out of um, New England. New England because he got franchise tags. So what's that? Sixteen million. Really? Fourteen, 14 to fifteen. I, I saw. Yeah. Fourteen to fifteen million. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Dolphins are trying to get a B flow. Is trying to bring Calvin Noy down here. Let's bring Tony down here. We uh, might get Herber. Who knows? Uh, the Dolphins are going to win tomorrow night, man. They are going to win tomorrow night. You, what can you win tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah you yep. win today. Steelers aren't going to do it because Steelers don't have a pick. They're out. Lions but you are, could maybe win by Patriots could do not it. choosing anybody in the first round. Yeah, you could win by not winning at all. But the the thing that will really win is that IT guy in a Winnebago and Bob Cook's parking lot <laughs> outside of the Detroit Lions general manager. Just genius. First off, are you telling me that guy's going to stay in the, the RV the whole time? If he's having issues, he's not going to run into the house oh, and yeah, fix yeah. it? Well, they're, they're saying he's in a Winnebago so they can get away with the social distancing thing. That, but he's in that corner of the office at, at yep. all times. At all times. Winnebago, by the way. How is that what we decided? <laughs> Well, we're getting away. Whoa! Live <laughs> footage? Uh, it's not live uh, footage. That's going in, by the way. It was... Oh, I think it's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, have you ever seen this right here? The MetLife mm-hmm. mishap? Oh, yeah. I know all about it. We know about it. What do you think the driver of that <laughs> RV right there decided to do at that moment right there? What, do you, here's the answers. A, stop and back up. B, stop and get out. C, Go forward until the entire fucking thing is under the awning and then back it all the way out faster than you came in and tear the entire top of the thing off and maybe rip down the entire awning. What is your answer, AJ? I'm guessing C. Bingo! The air conditioning unit was stuck, so you had to just keep on going. Yeah, yeah boy. Zito wedge it off. Zito says, I think we're stuck, and then pounds on the gas, goes even further underneath. <laughs> what but, gave you the idea you were stuck? What do you think, Tony? <laughs> probably the air coming probably out the, of the tires. Probably the screeching metal. Snarky Z. What am I, I get it. I've rented RVs many times, so I've never done that. But I can see how you can get in some trouble. Well, I'll tell you right now, AJ. If a yellow shirt says go somewhere, don't listen to them. Now you got to know your clearance. you got to know your clearance. That's all it is. Uh, do we have any questions to the YouTube, Z? Uh, to be honest with you, I was not looking. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, AJ, I think we covered everything we're supposed to cover today. Big day tomorrow oh, night. I got one for you, actually. Okay. Uh, what game show do you dream of going on? Family Feud. Mm-hmm. AJ? That was Blaze Leonard's. Oh, no. What was that one? What was that one? The Hole shapes? The Japanese one? I loved Hole in the Wall. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't even have enough time. I don't even have time. Glory Holes? What is it? Kind of. Similar. Kind of. Full body glory. But it's a... Yeah, you're... They... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. 
You're standing on a platform. A wall is coming at you. You're dressed in like a shiny tight suit. And then there's a hole in the wall that you have to match. Here we go. And if you if the wall goes through, well, don't run it. Don't run it because we'll probably get. I'm just showing him. I'm showing yeah, so, Oh come on now. Yeah, that's the game. Is <laughs> that's that, not fair. That's if it's the one I'm thinking of. That was the one that hooked me. That was I turned that's on my game. That's that's my game show. I want to be on. <laughs> we have to bring that game back, by the way. And you fall into water if you don't go through yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fall into water. But I took mushrooms in college and I found that game. And for the next four hours, I was locked. I was just dying. Were you, doing, were you doing like all the shapes in your room, trying to see how you get through? <laughs> that one that you just saw, that lady was the first episode. So I wasn't doing much. I was on the floor at one point laughing. A lot of my roommates came down because I was the guinea pig for the set of uh, mushrooms that we had. And they're like, I guess it's working. I'm like, it is. But look at this show. I had the time can of my life. Can we show an image real quick? Uh, we got striked the other day. I'm not 100% sure we can it, do it. Let's just again. look at an image. <laughs> <laughs> what's I gotta so funny? see it. I can't see it. Oh, here you go. Zero, what's so funny? Yeah, sorry. Zero, what's, <laughs> what's funny, AJ? Just the, the look of fear on this young lady. Yeah. The, the caption also for the title is just Fat Lady on Hole in Wall. So yeah, uh, that is also pretty funny. Whoa, 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 post, whoa, put that up. I didn't make the caption. I didn't make the caption. I didn't make the caption. You are disgusting. I didn't make the caption. Okay? This is why. I just read the caption. Do not, do not, do not come at me for it. This is why. Some things don't need to be said. This is why Brady. Some things do. This is why. Brady and Gronk went to Tampa. No! Because yeah. of that. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby! Yeah, it's on you. All right, good show. We'll be back tomorrow for um, McPhee and Hawk Sports Talk Primetime Draft Super Special. We'll be suited and booted, talking about all of the things happening in the NFL Draft First Round. Uh, who will win? Who will lose? What moves will be made? We'll be there to cover it with our mock drafts. Ain't that right, AJ? That's right. I'll be there. 730 Eastern, we're going on, right? That is correct. Right here. You can you gonna learn how to tie a tie by tomorrow? Whoa. Don't need to YouTube. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't even know if I have a tie. So you're backing out? No, I'm wearing a Whoa. suit. Like I know Dr. Lou's gonna have a suit on. I assume Mel Kuyper will be, will be wearing a suit. What about Jordan Palmer? He told me he's not wearing a suit. Hey, did Jordan text you today? Nope. He sent me a DM though at like three in the morning. Yeah, me too. He was like, "Hey, can we talk about what we're doing?" Okay, was, same thing, yeah. I, I haven't like, I responded, but I haven't heard back from him. Yeah, me neither. He sent it at 3 a.m. too, by the way. It was, I woke up to a DM from Jordan Palmer at 3 a.m. I'm like, is this guy okay? And then I, <laughs> I was like, I normally only get those messages whenever my friends are in drastic trouble. Uh, hey, man, if you wake up, give me a call. It'd be great. It's like 4 a.m. I'm like, Whoa, son of a bitch, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about maybe going over uh, to jail. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Happy I missed your call, sir. Happy I missed your call. But I think Jordan was just up late scouting probably. Yeah. Last West Coast. Well, it was midnight. He was West Coast exactly. where he was. Coaching. Probably prepping too for the draft. Tell me we're talking football. I mean, what are, we, what are we doing here? What's he prepping for the draft right now? <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Honestly, I have no idea what he's doing. But he's a part of our show tomorrow, I guess. We'll be zoomed Maybe. in real tight on his face if he does not wear a suit. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. The integrity of the show needs to be kept. Speaking so he's fully aware about the suit. Oh, yeah. He knows it. He knows it's what's happening. Okay, good. Just yeah, it's good. It's out there. Maybe that's what he wants to talk about. If I don't wear a tie, <laughs> is that not considered a suit? No, it's still a suit. Uh, really depends. 
it's technically still still a suit. You just yeah. wouldn't really be Bingo. showing the draft the respect that it deserves. I was about to end the show, but then you you questioned me in my integrity for the show, and that really mm-hmm. makes me kind of so I should have a tie. Is what you're saying? I think even I, if it I'm not going to tell another grown man what to do. Herbert's not even wearing a tie. Herbert's told to dress relax on his catch. Yeah, he said that the Chargers, the and the Miami Dolphins uh, are the two teams that he talked to most. That's good because my mock draft, I may have him going number six to the Chargers. Ooh. Do you? I think you have Tua potentially going five. Is that accurate? We will see tomorrow night. Ah, my mock draft has a lot of trades. I really shot for the moon here. I hate the trades in the mock drafts. I don't think they should be a part of the mock drafts is the trades. Why not? Why not? That's the draft. It's part of the draft. It's the draft. That's why I've never done a mock draft before, I guess. Hawks, Me neither. Mocks. It really sucks. But for our thing, I think we have to have something for us to compare to, you know? Yeah, I have one trade in the first round, so that's all I, I could do. By the way, weird trade. I think I saw your trade. I did not expect that trade to be the trade. I mean, the only way I'm going to win is if I have a couple, you know, questionable moves. Here's a couple comments from the uh, YouTube section. Uh, Xavier Dubon says, never bring that guy on the show again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Xavier. <laughs> Xavier. Jesus. Goodness, Xavier. Oh. Corey did not deserve that. Not at all. Who, who should we have on? Who are we allowed to have on? <laughs> Xavier says, listen, I'll do the booking. Just keep that guy off the show. Um, all right. Can't wait for tomorrow. Uh, AJ, any final words? Nope. Are you sure? Can't wait. Final. What, how about you? You have any final words for today? To nice until like tomorrow, everything changes with the draft. The first virtual draft. It's going to be a nightmare for some teams, but they're already agreeing to give people leeway if some kind of technology cuts off. You're not going to like miss your spot in the draft. They've they've made like a mutual agreement between all the teams. They're gonna hit so, extendos on people's time. I mean, it's gonna there's gonna be pauses and freezes. The draft's and, gonna be six hours long tomorrow. Probably. Yeah, and we're gonna be live for that entire thing. We're not gonna regret it at all. I bet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I bet they're think not- of ESPN too and NFL Network. They don't care. They don't have any programming. It's gonna run into like they they want the draft to be fifteen hours. Corey Graves just sent me a text says thanks for having me on, dude. Hawk seems like a good dude. Xavier, <laughs> I'm gonna respond. Xavier Duvon. <laughs> It's going to be a long one tomorrow night, I think. What are we going to do whenever things get dry? Oh, we got Mel Kuyper coming on, Lou Holtz. Yeah. We um, got, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot more fast-paced than you think, Pat. I think we're going to be we're going to be on our toes trying to figure it all out. You think a lot of teams have already made their decisions. I bet they have yeah. a lot trades, of trades, yeah. too. I think trades are even being decided yeah. already where they're like, hey, this happens, this happens, let's go, let's go, let's go, bum, 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 let's move. Hey, when you, you said, uh, I know that Joe Burrow, supposedly, they let the Bengals reached out and let him know from what the guy in Cincinnati it's a reporter in Cincinnati who I remember when I was there actually nice dude but who is his source that's what I want to know how he's not you can't name his source but what how high up does that source have to be could it be Joe Burrow yeah you would think it's probably somebody in Joe Burrow's family maybe that's the only thing I could think of because it's never the person or maybe maybe the agent told him but all you got to do is tell one Diggs and then Diggs tells somebody by the way happy birthday coach Diggs Hey, Diggs, his dad. Yeah. Diggs' dad, happy birthday. And I'm not saying that Diggs' family would ever do this because they're Italians and they're airtight. But I'm just saying, all Joe's going to do is tell one neighbor, you know, who's probably a diehard Bengals fan, like, hey, Joe, you coming? And then the dad just says, oh, yeah, they actually told him today he's coming. And then, bang, that person hops on the horn to their friend who has a friend who, bing, bang. bang. That, you never know who's leaking anything. But I think we all knew that they were taking Joe Burrow, what, a couple months ago. Yep. 
yeah, it, it seems like. I mean, I still don't. It's not like I'm full go locked in. Believe that that trusted source. Like I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't believe anything that happens before the draft that's rumored. So it's little trust, not big trust. Maybe low trust. Ian Rappaport, mid, middle trust. He said uh, the Dolphins have called the teams in front of them for a possible trade up from number five and are gauging the price to come up to number three to potentially take an offensive tackle. We could see a run on tackles in the top 10 like never before. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That throws a wrench into AJ's mock draft. My mock draft's in a good spot still, oh, yeah. but AJ's still. is in a bad, bad spot. You know what I mean? I haven't seen your mock draft. I have a hard time believing that it's finished. <laughs> AJ. What did you, okay, you when I know. texted you about my mock draft, uh, we were going to present it Tuesday on the show. Our show is at 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. I texted you about my mock draft at 9.30 at night on Monday evening, and you said, oh, man, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and to my credit, I did at that time. But completely forgot that I had to have that done. But then Tuesday morning, I woke up early. I hit the Versa Climber. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yep. Yep. I did the Versa Climber. I did some other stuff. I, I let the kids out. I, I did the whole thing. <laughs> let the kids out of their cages. Yep, we did. <laughs> this show's over. Honestly, it's done. Look good, feel good. Feel good, play good. Play good, pay good. Pay good, live good, live good, die good. Hey, sorry for interrupting. I want to tell you about this new thing that I found out about and I love and I think you will love as well. Are you looking for the perfect gift for your mom or another loved one? Is it hard to keep in touch with people? Yes, I'm talking about that real genuine connection, not the social media garbage or nonsense. I'm talking about a genuine connection, even though you might not be around each other. Staying in touch with those we love is more important than ever. And the easiest way to do it is with Skylight, a photo frame that you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. A great way to feel close to those you love, even when you're separated. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep large networks of friends and families in touch. You put the frame up in your house. It's a, it's a beautiful photo frame. It's connected to a device. Photo pops up. Bang, you send it over, automatically gets into the frame. It's absolutely beautiful. Anytime, anywhere. Sending photos to Skylight is effortless. Everyone in your family can just email photos to Mom Skylight and they'll pop up in her home in seconds. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug it in, use the touch, uh, touch screen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy the hell out of it. Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch screen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent a photo. 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's how confident they are. And by the way, after experiencing this with our office, you're going to enjoy the hell out of this. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. You can preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift. Send pictures of you or your significant other that they didn't even know you had. You can tap the heart button and it will let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame interactive and fun to use. This is cool. You see, bringing people together again. You don't have to post something. Uh, you don't have to tag anybody on Instagram. You don't have to text it. Just send it to the skylight. It's a nice little surprise. Boom. Hey, how's it going, mom? Boom. Bang. How's it going, grandpa? Grandma? Dad? I gave my mom one of these the other day. A couple came to the office. 
She was so happy. Photos of the dogs that Sam and I haven't put on the internet she got to see. She's all pumped up about it. Everybody loves the skylight that I've encountered, and I think you will too. And right now you get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code McAfee. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com and use code McAfee to get $10 off your skylight frame. It's a dope gift. Beautiful pictures being sent to beautiful people that you care deeply about. It's a cool thing. Shout out to Skylight for creating this. This is a good concept. Joining us now is a man who won a Heisman. Um, he was a first-round draft pick, obviously, first pick of the draft. We will talk about that in about three seconds. All-pro, a man who is an absolute legend, Carson Palmer. Carson! Carson! Good morning. iPhone enthusiast Carson Palmer joining <laughs> us now from his bedroom, it looks like. Office, but yeah. <laughs> Where's the office? California? California. Lots of work gets done in here. Let me tell you. Lots of work. I see that. A lot of pictures in the back there. Not a lot of books. You're more of a uh, see, not a read guy. I respect it. Yeah, I like videos or picture books. <laughs> me too. I'm the same exact way. I'd, I'm yeah. a visual learner. Let's talk about you were the last number one overall pick quarterback to the Cincinnati Bengals. Your brother is currently training or had been training Joe Burrow. Everybody talked about the Peyton Manning conversation with Joe Burrow earlier this week. You reach out to him. I would assume that you've had conversations with Joe Burrow as well about what he might expect his rookie year. How have those conversations <laughs> gone and what are some things you've told him? Really, we haven't hadn't gotten that far into the rookie year. We really are, our discussions were really about the upcoming draft your personal workouts, all the meetings you're going to sit in with GMs, the combine and, and the pre-draft process. So um, really haven't spent any time talking about what to expect uh, once the season gets here, really just what to expect as he's as he's been going through all these steps in the process of leading up to the draft. You had a remarkable career, both in college and in the NFL. Watching you whenever you were with the Cardinals was so much fun for me because I had a lot of friends on that team. And then the stories I heard about how you were running not meetings, practices, you were like one of those guys. I mean, you were literally one of those guys. Whenever you look at Joe Burrow, what makes you think that he'll be a guy that'll be able to elevate a franchise? What makes you think that he'll be able to transcend college football and become an NFL stud? Well, the first thing you that you have to look at is the film, and and I know it's only one year, and that definitely is is a little bit worrisome. There's one year of, of worth of film, but it's really, really, really good film. Great. I mean, you you look at from from playing at some of these smaller schools to playing at schools in the SEC, and then the last two games in in the uh, in the BCS championship. I mean. He was he was playing lights out. He didn't miss a throw. He didn't miss a read. Um, so you know the 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 scale size is very small. It's 15, 14, 12 games, whatever it was that he played in. So the sample size is extremely small. But when you go back and look at it, and, and it's not that he didn't have any bad plays. He had some bad plays, but it's how he responded to those bad plays and what he did after those plays or those series that he had in games. And then you look at just the Alabama game, the Clemson game. You go on and on and on. The film, the film speaks for itself. It jumps out at you. He is so accurate and threw so many difficult balls in difficult circumstances. 
and he did it over and over and over again that it jumped out at, at me enough to go, man, th- this guy's here, here's the number one pick or the first quarterback off the board. You weren't the only one. Everybody started suggesting that immediately upon the college football season ending. I mean, what he did against that Clemson defense that it was riddled with all stars and they were disguising coverages and he struggled with it early and then he was able to kind of process it and move through, let alone the rib shot that he took in the middle of the national championship mm-hmm. and still had an incredible game, came back. Everybody was like, okay, this guy is going to be the first pick of the draft and then as what we do people that have to speak about sports every single day for a certain amount of hours there's always situations and stories and and a bunch of bs that basically gets brought up and your name was closely associated with joe burrow because your brother jordan was training him right he's an ohio kid seems like a home run for the franchise and a narrative started getting spun that joe burrow if drafted to the Bengals, would say no because he's training with carson palmer's brother carson left the cincinnati Bengals. he didn't want to play there was there any validity to you or anybody ever saying that to joe burrow zero none I thought so Makes sense. I'm, I'm a wide open book when I, when I get I, I talk to guys coming out in the draft every year. I'm a wide open book. I'll give you my experiences, but and, and I'll tell you what I went through. But I would never project on another player that you should do this or you should do that. I mean, you know, Joe's a, Joe's an Ohio kid. He grew up a Bengals fan. He gets to go home. You know, you played in the league. How special it, that opportunity is to go and play for your hometown team where. The guys in your high school football team grew up rooting for that professional team. Or your grandma did when you were going over to her house for Sunday dinners growing up. She was watching that local uh, NFL team. So that's his local hometown team. I, I get why he's um, excited about the opportunity and looking forward to it and going there. I mean, that's that's most guys' dream is to play for their childhood team. So, um, you know, aside from the fact that the team, the organization has struggled mightily for forever. Um, that, that, that's his team. I mean, that, that's his, that's his childhood. He, he grew up on Sunday mornings, getting up and watching the game. So um, it, it's a special situation for him and a chance to go home and, and be in front of his family. Did you hate the fact that the only negative that was really surrounding Joe Burrow <laughs> there for like a few weeks was he was potentially going to pull an Eli Manning and pull a John Elway strictly because you were potentially in his camp. Did you hate that you were maybe being a little bit of a negative distraction about the whole conversation? Um, or is it I all big? Do you not care? To, yeah, do you not I care guess, because it's fake? I guess I'm kind of oblivious to what's going on in the outside world. I, I, <laughs> I didn't follow it enough to know exactly, um, you know, what what my name was, that my name was being brought into the conversation. I know I've been critical of the organization for years. Um and I have my reasons for that. But, um, you know, for somebody to, to think, here's the other thing that makes Joe great. Joe is extremely mature and extremely bright. And it doesn't give him um, the credit he deserves to think that, well, some old washed up quarterback came in and told him not to go there. So he's not going to go there. That's just not that's not the that's not the truth. And quite frankly, um, the reason Joe's in this position to be the number one pick in the draft is because he is extremely mature. He has made great decisions. He is very, 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 very bright. Um, so th- that's not giving him um, his due, thinking that you know he- he's just going to listen to one guy come in. He- he's gone in. He's, he's watched this offseason. There's no doubt in my mind. He sat there and go, man, the Bengals are making moves in free agency. We've never seen them do that, what, what they did this offseason. So he's probably looking at this going – 
maybe they're changing. Maybe, maybe they're adapting. Maybe they're coming of age in 2020 and, um, you know, you know, picking up their scouting department and picking up all these things and improving their organization. Cause, um, I'm sure he's sitting back looking, you know, looking at a team he's going to go to drafted number one that won less than five games and going, man, they made some, they made some splashes in free agency. That's just something you typically don't see from that organization. So, Maybe maybe changes have been made, and and uh, maybe you know I, I look at him um, in this situation, going, man, you got AJ Green back. I know it's only on one year. Um, they have drafted well throughout the years, throughout the last ten or twenty years. That they have picked good players in the draft. There's no doubt about that. And now they're spending in free agency, so that's definitely a positive. I, I didn't I didn't love that your name was getting tied into it. By the way. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Well, I've heard good things about you, and I'm like, I don't know if Carson Palmer is just coming in here as a witch, basically trying to ruin the Cincinnati Bengals. You know I, mean? I don't I didn't think that was accurate. Let's pivot a little bit to another quarterback coming out. Your guy, obviously, they changed the rule because of an injury that you had. Uh, somebody came in a little bit low, obviously uh, took out your leg. I mean, a little bit rude of that, and they changed the whole hit zone thing. Tua is being plagued now with bad PR about the injuries. Now, granted, whether that's real or not, nobody knows because nobody has real an inside track on what the hell is going to happen this draft. But if you're looking at Tua, are you a guy that says, you know what, he's talented enough to make it in this league, you can understand the health issues, but you're going to take a shot on him because he could be a difference maker? Or are the injury issues something that people should really be worried about? The injury thing really worries me. Um you know, I'm, I'm of the book, you know, coming from the background where the greatest ability of, of a quarterback is his durability. And I, yeah. I think that rings true. Um, it, it, it is. A, it's real. It's a concern. I mean, you look at, you know, you, when you watch to his film, it's it's you know, there's so much to love. He's he's a great athlete. He's a great competitor. He's done it, you know, at the highest level. He came in. You know, think back to that national championship he came in and played the second half in. I mean, what an amazing – it takes a certain type of mentality to be able to go in and perform at that level when you've been the backup quarterback the whole year and you've gotten limited reps, but you go in and, and you bring your team back and win a national championship. I mean, th- there there is so much to love, but there's enough to dislike and enough to be – um, really concerned with on the injury front. I agree. I mean, he's 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 standing behind you know a, a first round pick at right tackle, uh, a second or third round pick at every other position up in front of him. He's had great interior offensive line play. He's had great tackle play on the outside. He's got two first round picks at receiver. So it is hard to gauge him and it is hard to judge him. There is so much NFL talent around him. But the thing that keeps happening is these injuries, and it's it's for real. It it would definitely worry me. The hip thing, um, you know what 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 jumps out at me is when it's it's a catastrophic injury or it's an injury you just don't hear much of or we don't have much data on. Uh, I remember that being the case with the Tommy John injuries with quarterbacks. Right? It, it worries me. I went through it myself. I tore my UCL that that inside ligament. When you have an injury that you don't typically see, like this hip injury he had in college, um, there is definitely some room for concern. They started putting that uh, like avatar knee brace on you. <laughs> you started wearing yeah. that. <laughs> that. The Don Joy? Yeah, yeah, but he had like the triple XL, the Don Joy that came out from like, it was like mid-shin all the way up to groin there for your Don Joy. Smart, by the way, smart. 
I should have put one on both legs. That'd have been. I'd have been the only. That'd have been a cool stat. The only quarterback <laughs> to wear double knee braces. Could you imagine you getting loose on a scamper too, like Forrest Gump? <laughs> Things breaking off of your legs. That would be absolutely incredible. Diggs has a question for you, uh, Carson. You were a yeah. Pro Bowl veteran quarterback that uh, got thrown into a Bruce Arian system. How do you think Tom is going to handle that same system in his first year in Tampa Bay? I love I love the alignment of those two minds. I mean, Brady's mind and 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 Bruce's mind, and you know Bruce's mind, Pat. Well, you you were there with him and oh, yeah. in Indian, um, just innovative, um, great game planner, a great guy to sit with on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at some point, and sit down for thirty minutes, getting as he's digested that upcoming opponent that you're playing on Sunday. And if you can just sit with him for 10, 15 minutes, and maybe with Brady it's three or four minutes, and Brady can pick up two or three things from Bruce's eyes and his knowledge of watching film and preparing, um, I, I think those two guys together are going to be great. And I, I, I have a difficult time seeing Brady come in and just completely learning that offense and not bringing with him from New England some of his his favorite plays or his the best concepts that he really liked. So I think you mesh those two guys' minds together with Brady's ability to play, Bruce's ability to game plan and get ready to for an upcoming opponent. Um, I, I really like the match. I think it's a great match. Uh, to, uh, Bruce, everybody knows that Bruce's offense is run off of the quarterback taking shots, though. And some guys, uh, like, for instance, Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over much. Now, granted, his last throw as a Patriot was a pick six, so that's kind of a debunking of a theory. Oh, you threw that out there. Come on. That was an <laughs> anomaly. That was weird. It's the end of the game. Dump it. Dump it. I didn't say it. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to dump that, so nobody – got to wait six seconds. Okay, that's gone. Nobody heard that, but he dump. did. I mean, it did happen. But he doesn't turn the ball over. He's very conservative almost. And in turn, a lot of people have said, oh, he can't throw the deep ball anymore because they didn't have the same weapons. He can't do this because he's super conservative. He's a game manager, which some people say is a bad thing, but you want your quarterback to be a game manager. Do you think Bruce Arians is going to try to get Tom to kind of loosen up a little bit more? Is that kind of quarterback that he wants in there? Is like, hey, even though he might not look up, let's take a shot. It's worse than what the worst could happen. Did he ever have those conversations with you or were you always a guy that was going to go for it? I, I was always going to go for it. I I um, I was not a game manager. I, I was always <laughs> trying to throw the ball over your head and, and score quickly. Um, but as far as Bruce and, and Brady, um, you know, Bruce is very very smart. Bruce is very very intellectual human being, and so he's not he's not trying to change Brady's mentality. He's not trying to change his footwork. He's not trying to change his mechanics. He's not trying to change anything. He's letting Brady come in and be Tom Brady six-time Super Bowl champion. Um, and the one thing I, I think that will change a bit is Bruce wants to be in a five-wide-out set. He wants to be an empty backfield and let five guys run down the field and run their routes and run their concepts. Brady, when you look back to like 09 to 2015, Brady loved being in empty sets. He sat at the line of scrimmage. He did a dummy cadence to get the defense to show uh -huh. and then redirect the protection to make sure he was blocked up and then finding his mismatch from there. I, I think you're going to see a lot less of that style of play in Tampa than we did last year with Jameis Winston or than you did five years previous in, in Arizona when I was there. We were in a ton of empty. We were, we were in empty half the game. It seems like last year Tampa Bay was an empty. I, I just don't see Brady – uh, wanting to do that as much, being older. The less guys you have to block, the more often you're going to get hit. 
stat show. simplify it. Yeah, stat show. So if if you're in empty formations on from an offensive standpoint for 50% of the game, um, that's a lot of little shots. And they're not sacks necessarily, but when you only have five guys blocking four or five pass rushers, somebody's going to get free at some point. There's going to be hits taken. And you look back at myself, you look back at Ben Roethlisberger and Bruce Arians' Pittsburgh days, you look back at Andrew Luck and, and uh, your year together in, in Indy, um, you know, Ben was built to sit in the pocket and, and take hits. Andrew is a monster. You know that. Andrew was oh, yeah. was a monster back in the pocket. I'm two hundred. I was two hundred forty five pounds. I would say that was that Whoa! was my game. <laughs> Big body now, but, <laughs> but that was my game. I would sit back in the pocket, and I wasn't going to take off and run four four around the corner and score. And with my legs, I would sit in the pocket and take hits and, and throw the ball. Brady's forty two years old. We're just not. He he's not going to let himself take those kind of hits. Bruce sure sure surely does not want to see him sitting in the pocket taking those kind of hits. So I think the difference in this offense than. Uh, the previous years of Bruce offense, Bruce's offenses, I think you're going to see a lot less five-man protection, a lot less five wide receiver sets, just because Brady just doesn't need to be sitting back there taking those hits. Um, last thing before we let you go, can't thank you enough for your time. You look amazing, by the way. I just want to let you know the hair. Thank is, you. The hair is flowing. Thank you. You're a skinny two fifty-five. I have. Yeah, I haven't had a haircut. I mean, I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> you know, the office looks good, though. I mean, you look great. The office looks good. Hey, if you were Tom Brady and you got kicked out of a park in Tampa Bay, would that discourage <laughs> you a little bit because the city doesn't want to win? I'd go back to New England. <laughs> go back. Can he get out of that? Is, that? is that how that works? Can you just say, I'm going to go back? I well, it's city officials oh made God. me do it. I, I don't have a yard at Jeter's house. I would like to work out, and now the city won't let me do it. Uh, Carson, I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. You're awesome. Pat, thanks for having me, man. Hey, we had Takeo Spikes on earlier. You were teammates with him? No, I missed him by one year. He went to Buffalo right when I got the Cincy. Dude, his neck. Is, I know. Is still like that. He could still play. There's no doubt about it. He could still play. I asked him how he does his neck, and he said, the game is sold, not told. And then just moved on. <laughs> Great line. It was one of the best lines I've ever heard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all pro, Heisman winner, stud, in his pajamas, Carson Palmer. Thank you, Carson. Yeah! Thank you. Appreciate you, buddy. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who is an absolute savage in the NFL for 15 years, 13 years of which he was voted captain, which means he was a cool dude in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. This guy's a pro bowler, an all pro. He played for the Bengals, the Bills, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Chargers. And he hosts the Behind the Mask podcast, which you can download where all podcasts are. Ladies and gentlemen, Tikio Spice. Tikio! Oh, what up, Pat? Hey, great to, great to see you again. I have to ask you this question because this was the first reaction by all the boys. Um, your neck and your, uh, your build. How do we do that? Do we just shrug <laughs> all day, every day? How do we get the Takeo spikes? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? How do we get that? Listen, bro, the game is to be sold and not told. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I respect it. Hey, I respect it completely. Uh, Takeo, how is life? What have you been up to, pal? Man, life is good, man. I, I've been doing some of the same things that you have been doing, making sure you're staying busy with the Pat McAfee show, 
I've been staying busy with the Behind the Mask podcast show and uh, getting great guests, great content. And uh, that, that's really what's been keeping me busy, man, is, is, you know, even though we're on quarantine lockdown right now at the moment, but making the best of it, making the best out of a bad situation. When you were coming into the league, everybody knew you were going to be a monster. Draft week. What was your mindset coming out? And what do you think a lot of these younger guys who are like three days out from their lives completely changing, by the way? Guys are going to learn what new city they're going to probably live in for hopefully the next decade of their life. Guys are learning in a couple of days if they're going to make a living playing football or if they're going to have to grind and to make the team. Guys are learning whether or not they played their last game of football. What was your mindset going into the draft? Uh, my mindset going into the draft was, you know, I, you know, coming off of the combine, I did not work out at the combine. That was number one. Number two, worked out from the personal standpoint at Auburn. And then really just that time period, it was like, okay, I know where I possibly can go as early as number six. I want to say the Jacksonville Jaguars, they had the number six pick. No, Chicago Bears had the number six pick. And they ended up picking Curtis Enos, the running back out of Penn State. So for me, I knew I could fall in that sweet spot to where Atlanta, me being a natural Georgia boy right here, they had the number 12 pick. So I was like, what if? So really, man, like I knew I could go as high as six, but I was hoping to end up at 12. But I went to number 13 pick which was the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. I am one person who has come out and said that an NFL team not having indoor facility should get slapped in the mouth. That's just something that should happen if you don't have an indoor facility and you make a billion dollars, that is something that should be changed. Now, granted, the Bengals have won games. They've had nine win seasons, 10 win seasons, 11 win seasons. Even in recent history, they've just never been able to get over the hump. But that organization and your experience there, what do you think it's going to take for them to get going? Uh, Aside from Joe Burrow, obviously, if they're going to take Joe Burrow or trade for three first rounders with Miami, that would be insane. But what do you think it's going to take for the Bengals to really get going over there I think you have to address the quarterback issue you know and you get a lot of conversation when you look at Chase Young who was predicted to be the number two pick in the draft but it's an interesting conversation when you look at should you choose Chase Young instead of Joe Burrow but Mm. we all know at this stage in time in the climate if you don't have a quarterback then you're not going to consistently win games because at the end of the day You have to pick that guy, my belief, you have to pick that guy who is going to have the ball in his hands damn near every time. And the only way that you can do that is having the opportunity, looking at Joe Burrows, look what he did his last year, and just look at his body of work. And that's the thing that uh, I expect when we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals being able to uh, finally get over the hump. Like you said, they've had winning seasons, eight, nine, ten win. 11, uh, 11 game winning seasons, but they have not been able to win that playoff game. Marvin Lewis got them there. Now their head coach, uh, Zach Taylor, he's there. So it's important to have that chemistry from that quarterback and the head coach. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been drafted in the first round that just haven't worked out for whatever reason. As a defensive stud, what are you realizing good quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks? What is that like whenever you're going into a game against a guy that you've either seen on film or you've heard from other guys that are playing, like, oh, this guy's a bad quarterback. What is the difference between a quarterback making it and a quarterback not making it in your eyes? 
I think, you know what, it's a great question. And it's something that, you know, you hear the quarterback gurus, you hear the Super Bowl quarterbacks, they talk about all the time, but from a de- from defending just a good quarterback and how I can tell how quarterbacks will be or go to the next elite level is the number one thing is, yeah, you got to come early, stay late. We ain't going to talk about all of that. That's what you should be doing yep. anyway. Period. Every, every but position. What sep- what, yeah, but what separates them is, is understanding before I get to the line of scrimmage and when I get there, before I even get up under center, it's important to know that I'm using the process of elimination, meaning I see what they're giving me, and now I'm able to decide or decipher, okay, at the snap of the ball, this is where the ball is supposed to go. And then the if factor comes in, which once we get motion or if they decide to do something else, now as a quarterback, if this happens, now I know I need to go there. And then the other part of it is, after you take that snap and you drop back, the thing what I really evaluate quarterbacks on is first progression if it's not there. Now I know with the second and third third uh, progression as far as my receiver where he should be open. And then the other part is having the anticipation of knowing. We all know, Pat, and you know too, when you have receivers in college that are open, that means two yards open from a defender. In the pros, you have to throw them open because the competition level from the defensive back aspect, they're going to be right over their back. So it's all about progression, ball placement, and the anticipation of knowing where that defender is going to be and where your uh, receiver is going to be. And that's how you deliver strikes. That's how I judge quarterbacks. And And the more that you see quarterbacks who have a tendency to understand and do that early, and they continue to do it over and over, those are the ones who have the most success. Hey, that, that takes a lot of trust and faith, not only in the wide receiver going where you think he's going to go, but also in your arm being able to put it exactly where it needs to be. I think that is obviously massive, which leads to my next point. DBs are so good in the NFL. As compared, now, SEC, they're great as well, but I'm talking about the NFL is just another step up, right? Uh, Joe Burrow did a great job against that. The conversation right now is if you had to take Okuda, or Chase Young, a lockdown corner. Let's just, let's say that Okuda is going to be the best corner in the history of corners, too. Not, I'm not saying he's going to be, but let's just, for this sake of this argument, yeah. let's say he's going to be the best corner. He's going to be Revis. He's going to be Sherman. He's going to be one of those guys. Woodson, he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be one. And then Chase Young, let's say he's going to be one of those dudes as a defensive end, like Freeney, you name it. He's going to be a dude. Which one is more important, you think, to the defense? If you were a GM, uh, you played in the NFL 15 years at linebacker, absolute stud. Is a defensive end more prevalent than a corner, or is a corner more prevalent as, from the defensive standpoint? Well, that's, it, that's easy for me, very easy. I don't care if you have another guy who's coming out with the talent of Deion Sanders. It don't matter because if you don't have any pass rush – your cornerback is only as good as your defensive line allows him to be. And so when we talk about guys who have direct influence, guys who have the the opportunity to be able to make those impact plays and be a disruptor, even if you're not making the sack, you're making the play. And so a lot of people don't understand that. And when you look at Chase Young, that's exactly what he brings to the table. Being disruptive on the outside – and you look at look, even look at the possibilities of Chase Young being able to be drafted as the number one pick. 
And I even looked at this. We had Carlos Dunlap on our show, and Carlos Dunlap even talked about he know that's a position that needs to be addressed from the quarterback just because of he's seen the writing on the wall internally from the Cincinnati Bengals. So when you look at it, I kind of like the idea of Chase Young being the number one pick. Now, I personally would go with Joe Burrows, but I'm not mad at either one because this is what I do know. I know – I know they're making some changes on the back end in Cincinnati, but when you have two bookends that are able to get after the quarterback and harass the hell out of a quarterback, at the end of the day, it's going to make your average DB on the back end that much better as a linebacker. I know because I had the opportunity to play on several great defenses. And by playing on those defenses, one of the things that allowed me to be able to get 19 interceptions throughout my career was being able to just jump, jump routes. And so when you have those defensive guys like that, Pat, I'm telling you, it makes life that much better. So both are very, very important to building franchises. Chase Young, if he went number one over Joe Burrow, the world would burn down. The world yeah, they would, would burn down. <laughs> I mean, that isn't even that hasn't even been discussed. It, it's a foregone conclusion that Joe Burrow is going to get drafted to the Bengals. Now, the thing that's been sneaking into conversation that we have kind of been like wedging in there, I guess, into the daily conversation is the Miami Dolphins have three first round draft picks to kill. That is so much leverage if you want to make a move at all. You're at number five. You're at number sixteen, I think, and twenty eight. I, I don't know. They have three early, middle, late first-round draft picks in one year. They have the power to go wherever the hell they want, whenever the hell they want, if they want to. I don't think there's anybody turning down three first-round picks if they want to trade up there. If you're the Dolphins, what do you think they're going to end up doing, you think? I think they take advantage of that first round. What they got the number five pick, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's the first one? Yep. Uh, I think that number five pick definitely some good quarterbacks. For for whatever reason, I, I do feel in my gut Depending on the physical of Tua coming out of Alabama with his hip, that may be a possibility for those guys to go. Hey, he's been uh, tanking this week. Tua's, Tua's name, by all accounts, and I think it's because that there's no in-person visits, there's no doctor visits at this point. Normally, like a week, week and a half before the draft, there's some teams that make last-minute trips with their medical and stuff like that. Tua's, yeah. Tua's name, I guess, and now this is just if you listen to the people uh, who allegedly have contacts and sources on television, they're just saying like Tua is a guy that nobody's thinking is going to take early because they think it would be irresponsible with his uh, medical history. I guess he's going to fall. That I don't I don't see it. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I guess a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, you're saying a lot of people are saying that he's going to continue to fall because of his medical history, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he could be a great steal in the draft, just depending on – I remember back in the day, I look at hip injuries, in particular his. I look at – back in the day, we look at Bo Jackson. We look at several other guys who sustained those type of injuries, and when they've sustained – when they happened, when it happened to the guys, they didn't come back and play. Now, the first guy who I know who came back from a fractured hip – was Deion Grant, uh, second-round draft pick out of the Carolina Panthers. He went on to play 13, 14 years in the NFL and won a Super Bowl title with the New York Giants at his, in his last year. And so when I see these type of things, it's like, well, there is a possibility knowing that medicine has became much further. Now, the beautiful thing about the Miami Dolphins is they have leverage. And like you said, three first-round picks, you still can leverage – the second and third pick 
and still get a good quality guy to address your needs as a team. If I'm Brian Flores, I love the position that he's in. The reason why? Because he doesn't have to pick first, second, or third. And I truly think whatever happens within the first four picks of the draft, that will really give him clarity on what they would do, whether or not they keep their picks or you have to look at what New England has always done in the past. They just stockpile picks, picks year after year, and that's how they develop their – they're good at developing their talent. And when you develop your talent from within, now you don't have to go out and overpay a super high premium for, for free agent guys, which puts you in a salary cap bind. There's only been a couple of teams that have been able to build from within. It's all the great teams, basically. Packers, Bay, it's one of them. Packers, Steelers, Patriots, all the teams that don't do a lot of trading, but they build from within. It's not easy because you got to have the right coaches that can coach them up and make sure people understand the culture and the system. That's not easy. Uh, Takiyo, last question before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for your time. Um, who is somebody you hated tackling? <laughs> all right, so – my hardest years in the league. Let me give you some perspective on this. What was your neck size, too? I'd like to hear what your <laughs> neck size was at that time as well. Listen, this is the reason why I had to have the neck size as big as as big as, big as, as, as it is now. So when I came into the league, bro, you got to understand, the guys who I went and competed against week after week, AFC North, or it was the AFC Central back then, Jerome Bettis. Oh. Wheels Corey on the Dillon. bus go round and round. Corey Dillon. Well, he was on my team, so I had to face him every day in practice. Jamal Lewis, Priest Holmes on the same team. Oh, I remember that. A Fred Taylor. Oh. <laughs> Jacksonville. And then you look at Tennessee after they did the realignment, you had Eddie George. <laughs> so big the hardest guy who I just – Fred Taylor presented so many problems just because he was fast and quick and strong. But the guy like who I was like, God, like, damn, I, I, I'm, I'm about to bring the hat to him. It was like I knew I had to eat good and sleep good was Jerome Bettis, though, because I remember one time I met him in the hole. It was a third and one. And it, I knew the play was coming. Clean. Boom. Met Jerome in the hole. I hit him so hard, it knocked me back. He got knocked back. And then I jumped on him again and tackled him. And it was for a two-yard game. And he got up. He got up and looked at me. He was like, ooh, you didn't know the big boy could move like that. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, all pro, 15-year NFL vet, host of Behind the Mask, the podcast that is available now, Takeo Spikes. You're the man, Takeo. Thank you, man. That was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. <laughs> All right. I can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ears. Remember to post a photo on Twitter using the hashtag, this is where I'm at, Pat. Zito has been going through and sending merch to people, as has Phil, our CFO. Join us every day on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. And if you like the show, tell a friend. If you didn't, just act like you never even heard it. The draft's tonight. We'll obviously talk about that tomorrow. Let's get through this. We're getting through this together. Yeah, we are. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.